All right, guys, getting into everything. Uh, last show, you heard us talk about patch ops. And hopefully, uh, Chris and I are not doing the video for this one. We don't drop out like we did. I think it'll actually save some of that bandwidth. So uh, with that, today's show is sponsored by patchops.com, which is an officially licensed and partnered company. Chris Peranto, KPI LLC, and Battleline Tactical. They make the Battleline Tactical PVC morale patches and vinyl decals. The quality of their products will blow you away. So do us a favor and go follow Patch Ops on Facebook and Twitter. Patch Operations on Instagram. Before I get into the promo code, people are loving the vinyl sticker of you that they did. <laughs> for pretty much in days after you said that. Uh, I know. I, I hope people understand. This, this is why... Uh, yeah, you know, stuff like that, and then so I get questions. I thought you were a Christian. I thought, well, you know what? Christians sometimes have to fight too, and sometimes you have to have that switch. Um, it goes all the way back to the Crusades, guys. <laughs> That's it. The Crusades, and if you follow the Crusades, there's goods and bads. People have oh, bad things, good things about that too. But Rangers, that's how we are. And and honestly, that that is something that just you know, just it came to my head, it popped in my head, and it's a God honest truth. There's a switch. That you never want to have to turn on, but if you do turn it on, better watch out because <laughs> because <laughs> I will shoot you in the face, literally. I just just literally and figuratively. But God forbid I ever have to. None of us want to. But I, when I did it, and then they made the patch, and then the picture they found. I remember even taking that picture. I was like, that's that's cool. Why the hell didn't I think of that, right? So I say it. I, I'm the muse, so just give me give me credit, Marine. Give me credit, Patch Ops. I'm the muse for for, for that. But it's it's and neither awesome. neither of us had any idea they were even doing that. No, and that's that's cool. I to me that doesn't bother me at all. I, there's probably guys out there. Wait a second, that's my likeness. I'm like, what the hell? That's clever. So you guys are on it. More power to you. High five. High, let's give you a crisp ten right now. Because it, it's it's incredible, and they do good good work. So yeah, oh yeah, yeah. I I was a. Yeah, I, mean, I think I texted it to you, didn't I? I said, "Isn't this cool?" When I, I when I when I saw it, or maybe you saw it before me. One of somebody sent it to me. Was it you or my wife? And I no, t- Tim back. sent it to me. That's how I saw it. Oh, okay, then maybe it was my wife that sent it to me. I, I I never see things first ever. So um, but I, yeah, it's awesome. And again, the other patches, the battle line patches that we have, the battle line combatives patches, the Benny Glossop design. Benny's all, you know, Benny's tremendous guy too. I'd go over and follow Benny if you ever have a chance to on your Facebook, Instagram pages. Um, they're incredible. They just do great work. And you know, it, it, being a, being a veteran, you know, and, and doing good things as a former veteran Marine. I didn't say former Marine. I said former veteran. Can you be a former veteran? I don't think you can. Being a veteran. Yeah, people used to. You know what? I think people hate when you say. I, I at least I learned this from my experience. I think former is okay for most guys, but when I say ex-marine, that that sounds like you're like dishonorably discharged or something. Uh, I'll just say I just I like to stir up the pot with them damn jarheads. I love them to death, but that's just me, and they know it. They know it. And most rangers, when you get rangers and marines together, it's normally just yeah, it's it's constant. It's constant just jacking with each other. But when it comes right down to it. You know, obviously, and we're having TIG on later. Yep. Of course, TIG's and Marine, we'll, we're, we'll, go to, we'll go to war together, obviously. So, yeah, um, yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I can say that with, with 100% accuracy. But but getting back to the patch, outstanding. And, again, Patch Ops does great works on a lot of the other patches they have. You should go look at their site. You should see all the different patches they have. Politically incorrect, but, hey, what do you expect when you're a Marine, especially if you're a grunt infantry Marine, you're going to be politically incorrect. 
Um, and I think we need a little political incorrectness nowadays, too. So uh, right check on. them out. They're fantastic. Yeah, for those who don't know what we're talking about, by the way, it's the uh, sticker, and I think a patch is coming, of of Chris, and it says, the switch is on, motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. It's a great, it's a great sticker. I don't know if, uh, I don't know if I would put it on my car. You know, I don't uh, know if I, if I, it maybe, maybe. Some guys probably will. If, if you do, send it in. Yeah, please send pictures of it. I, I guarantee you there's some regions that will definitely be on there with a plethora of other stickers of that same political incorrectness, believe me. Sure. So, uh, but if you do, yeah, definitely send it in. We'd love to see it. Put, put on a car and send it in. We'll post so, it all over uh, the place. Yeah, and and with that, Patch Ops is family-owned and operated by Marine veteran Tim Hickey, who we're talking about, and his wife, Michelle. Tim actually served in the same infantry unit as TIG, 3-7. We're going to have him on later. And their company focuses on supplying the highest quality of morale patches and vinyl decals on the market today at an affordable price. They have amazingly talented artists on staff that can take your custom ideas from concept to reality and will create something that will make everyone involved proud to display. Every aspect of this company makes them stand out in a crowd, so please go check them out at patchops.com. Grab some of the baddest patches and decals on the planet or have them start making your very own designs today. Use code BATTLELINE for 15% off your next order on Patch Ops. Patch Ops, morale patches designed for the hardcore. That's patchops.com, offer code BATTLELINE. Also, this episode is Ned. We've been talking about Ned for a while. They're a long-term sponsor of ours. And CBD has become extremely popular in the past year. And as the market becomes more saturated, it becomes more and more difficult to navigate and choose the right company and product. That's where Ned comes in. They produce the highest quality CBD extracted from the finest organic hemp plants from a small homestead in the bountiful farmland of Peonia, Colorado. Ned is a wellness brand offering science-backed and nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. No isolates or synthetic ingredients. Full transparency, Ned shares third-party lab results, who farms their products, their extraction process, all right there on their site. Their full-spectrum hemp oil only contains their CBD extract and non-GMO MCT oil. That's it. The taste is clean and pure. And we've talked about the benefits before, sleep aid, anti-inflammatory, natural pain reliever used to treat anxiety, post-traumatic stress, depression, uh, a rich source of antioxidants. And then, of course, the more serious chronic conditions that some people are using them for, like epilepsy, Parkinson's, Alzheimer's, of course, with, uh, you know, with the blessing of their physician on, on those bigger issues. Uh, but yeah, man, they're, they're doing great stuff. I know you said to me, you've kind of converted back now to doing it before you go to bed. Yeah, I, I, I change it up. I I'll be honest with you, whatever I'm feeling. Um, I, when I was doing it in the mornings, I, I could feel a little anxiety coming on mid afternoon. So I was like, well, let's switch it up, but things are back in order again with me. So I, I usually do it at night. Um, what has impressed me and you know, with all you said, of course, I agree with that all hundred percent. Um, it's tremendous as far as for anti-anxiety, but the thing that really stuck out with me is my inf inflammatory bowel disease, my ulcerative colitis. It's it's damn near cured that thing. I mean, it's it's I feel so much better, so much more energy because I'm able to process food because I don't have that infl those inflamed guts that you have with inflammatory bowel disease. So 
if you have Crohn's disease or if you have ulcerative colitis, again, you, you do want to consult your physician because that is a serious condition. For those that have it, it is very serious and it's something that is incurable. You can't cure those diseases. But I'll say with experience from using Ned, and I've been on it now for, for quite a few months, um, it has done leaps and bounds for me and my health with my inflammatory disease. And I'm able to eat foods I wasn't able to eat before. And I'm able to put on some muscle mass because I'm able to eat more food because it used to be where I wasn't able to eat a ton because it would hurt my stomach so bad if I, if I eat too much or eat certain foods. So it, it's been it's been a godsend. And Paonia, Colorado, my grandfather farmed in that area. I know that that is that is the that is God's earth right there. Paonia, Western Colorado, you got Delta, you got Olathe. So those farms that they're using out there, I know are top notch because I grew up playing on those farms and my grandpa was farming out there in Delta, Colorado. So um, now dudes are tremendous and they have tremendous, a tremendous website too, like you said, just uh, go with them, go check them out. And uh, I would highly advise if you, if you're a veteran and you're suffering with some post-traumatic stress or other ailments, chronic ailments, um, I'd I'd recommend you give them a try. Give them a try and see what yeah. happens. And and uh, the worst thing you can it can do is you say, well, it really didn't help me. But I, I'll bet you dollars to donuts it's going to, especially if you're able to manage it for about a month and, and get it into your system, just like I did. And I swear by it now. So it's awesome, Absolutely. awesome stuff. Yeah, we're hearing great stuff from listeners of the show. And uh, Ned will not get you high. Full-spectrum hemp is a non-psychotropic. Ned products contain a minuscule amount of THC, less than 0.3% as allowed by law. If you want to check out Ned and try CBD, as many of our listeners have, we have a special offer for the Battleline audience. Go to helloned.com slash Battleline or enter Battleline at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. That's H-E-L-L-O-N-E-D.com slash Battleline to get 15% off your first order plus free shipping. Thank you, Ned. And as you guys know, every show of ours is also sponsored by Fort Scott Munitions. They're a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standards of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through www.fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order, only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. Let's get right into it. On the microphones, pure and uncensored American straight talk. Never quit. You're locked and loaded with Chris Peranto and Ian Scotto. This, this is the Battleline Podcast. Which is on. Motherfucker, I'm going to shoot you in the face. 
The switch is on. By the way, we finally have a uh, catchphrase. 20 episodes in, we've done it. Oh, yeah. This is uh, well, tw- episode 22. Yeah, we're going to say the switch is on every episode. It just All works. Right. So, <laughs> uh, we have Tig coming on, who I'm sure this audience has long anticipated. I'm really excited to talk to him because I am going to ask. I am still not sure if I have met Tig. I have definitely never had like a full-blown conversation with the guy. And I'm excited to hear his whole background. I know 13 hours, but I I don't know his whole story as a Marine and, and all that great stuff. Yeah, I, I, I would, you know, and, and with me, I, I would, and people out there, I think they do need to hear his background as far as uh, being a Marine, but also his working way up into the GRS community. He, he wasn't, he wasn't with GRS at the beginning. He worked, he had to go a different route than I did because his background as far as uh, being qualified, uh, qualifying for global response staff, which is what we were overseas during that night in Benghazi, we're, we're called global response staff. He had to take a different route because his, his time in service with the military didn't include enough special operations time. So he had to go do uh, a different route and go through a static side. So he had to actually go do base or force protection and work his way up. And it took him a little bit longer to get into GRS. And honestly, I don't know all of that story. So I would, I, some of the stuff would be news to me. I, and, and it's good for people to hear that because it shows a quit. Ha- Tig didn't have that quit attitude. He took that drive. He still wanted to reach up to the GRS side of the house and not stay on the static side, which there's nothing wrong with it. It's just, you know, it, it is a really, it's a next step up and it's a little bit more pay as well, which is a definite benefit. Um, but he, he, he did it the hard way. He, he did it. He had to work. He had to work in a different facet and prove himself to be capable. So GRS would come and say, you know, I mean, that's what happens every once in a while. We'll be short on guys. And we'll be like, hey, we don't have time to go get, go get a guy that needs another security clearance. Let's go see who's doing very, very well and excelling in the static side of the house. And we'd pick a couple and we'd throw them in a tryout. Like, okay, guys, come on, you're coming and trying out. And you either sank or swim. And obviously he swam and the rest is history. Yeah, I'd love to hear even just his take on working at Blackwater and stuff, because I know, you know, you've talked about this before, I believe. But depending on what era of Blackwater, I've heard yeah. excellent things and I've heard <laughs> horror stories from guys. Yeah, well, when it was early on, I think all the companies early on, whether it was Triple Canopy, when the former unit guy Lee Van Arsdale was running them, they were top notch. Uh, MVM was another one. I think that were top notch between the two, 2003, 2004 years, and they kind of fell out. DynCorp was another one from the Kosovo days. I mean, that's old school. But everybody kind of started to fall off, and and their perf- not performance, just the personnel they were having. I, in my opinion, and this is, and I wasn't part of. I was part of all of that. I was in it. I'm not saying from an outside view. I'm I'm saying from an on the ground, ground zero point of view. I just think it right around 2005, 2006, uh, personnel started to drop a little bit. And that's because there wasn't an, there's only so many special operations guys you can grab to come in and work. And then you'd have to start looking at other avenues because you have to fill slots within these companies. And, and you can't grab a guy that has six years special operations experience in 2006 because they're either all of them are still, all of them are already working or they went back into the service and they're back with their particular unit. So, uh, yeah, I, I would say, yeah, there, 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 there was a drop in, in the quality of personnel, not ever, but overall of, there's still some great guys that came out from 2006 till, till now. There's still fantastic guys coming out, but overall I, I do feel that way. And that's just because.
the government required so many more guys that you just the the the, the contracting companies couldn't hold the standards that when I first went in, which is you had to have six year special operations ex- prior special operations experience before you could even apply for triple canopy, Blackwater, Dyncor. And then to, to 2006, 2007, it was, well, did you drive down Biop once? Uh, drive down, which Biop's the, the road in, in Baghdad, the, the, the mm-hmm. airport road. Did you drive down Route Irish one time? Okay, you qualify. You know, it, it, so it, it just is what it is. It's, it's, I'm not knocking guys because there's some great guys out there that don't have special operations experience. And there's some dirt bags that do, but <laughs> overall, <laughs> and you, you know what? I, you're not, you know where you're laughing, you know, a couple too. Um, but overall, when you are looking at performance, yes, overall, the guys with special operations experience are going to be a little bit better. They are just because of the, the training and the money that's put in that they've been given the opportunities to to practice and train in comparison to a guy from the National Guard or a guy from, you know, the sheriff's department with a with a population of 15. It's just it's just how it is. I mean, that's just you're giving more opportunity to improve yourself and get better and and. That's just how it was. So uh, yeah, but I know I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole a little bit. But no, no, no I, I think the I think the audience is fascinated by this type of stuff, and I I really want to hear both of your perspectives on on it, especially you know the, the, Eric Prince has become a pretty infamous guy, and, and yeah, he was the CEO. <laughs> he he had you know what Eric Eric's I I do like Eric. He's a little different. Um, uh, when I wasn't working. Overseas, I did a couple contracts where I come back and actually he had threats against his family, and I I ran a detail that protected him and his family in between my GRS contracts. I'm learning new things, man. I had no idea of that. Uh, I got a little bit of experience doing some security here and there. It's not. I everybody thinks that that I know. like, oh, he was just in Benghazi. That's all he did. Well, no, I did a little bit, a little bit more over that 11 years. Um, but but Eric, Eric's heart is always in the right place. He is a God-fearing man. Um, you know, he does have, he does believe in his family. I know if he's had his ups and downs with, I think he's been divorced twice. But, you know, I've been divorced twice myself. I'm not going to knock a guy for that as long as he, he, he recognizes what's, what he's doing wrong, if he's doing things wrong and corrects it. But um, Eric, I really do believe he, he's a patriot. I think he feels he's a patriot. His heart was in the right place with the guys. When Blackwater first started, I really felt like he believed and that Blackwater was a viable option to help with fight the global war on terror, which I, I do believe it was initially as well. So I got I got nothing to say bad about Eric. Eric took care of a lot of guys, he, and, he, and he took care of a lot of guys at Blackwater. And I do believe he was trying to get Blackwater – into the mix to take a lot of the burden off the Department of Defense. And then, you know, then it became a political sideshow and he was thrown under the bus. I do believe that he was within our own government thrown under the bus. And, and you know, like any guy, I'd probably do the same thing is be like, hey, here's the finger to hell with you guys. I'm out. I'm done. If you don't want my help, I'm out. And now, again, I haven't talked to him in years, but I, I think if I, Eric and I saw each other, and I'm not going to speak for him, but I know if I saw him, I could say hi and say, hey, what's up, dude? Give him a hug and say, hope you're doing well. And then we go on our way and, and you know, because I got no ill wills against him. He he, he did great things. And initially, Blackwater, um, just like Triple Canopy and Lee Van Arsdale, I have a lot of respect for Triple Canopy and Lee Van Arsdale time, too. They really did the right thing and their hearts were in the right place. They just got they just got mixed in when uh, politicians came involved. And and, you know, both of them, both of them said, you know, this is this isn't what I want to do. Uh, and they both left. So, uh 
Um, no, Eric, Eric, I, I, again, I, I got nothing bad to say about Eric at all. I, I think he's a, I think he's, he's a Patriot. He really feels that way. He's just, a, he's just a little bit, um, you know, he was raised, he was raised his, his, his father was the one that invented the, you know, the, the little mirror that you have in the visors. You know, okay. he, he grew up yeah, in Michigan. Yeah, sure. Yeah. You know, Henry Ford is at Deer, uh, Grand Rapids, Michigan or Dearborn or something like that. That's what his dad invented the mirror. That's where the money came from. That little mirror in the, in the visor. That's where the princes made their millions of dollars. And then, of course, within the family, they're with the Amway family, you know, with the they're they're married in with the Amway family. Okay. Amway, you know, the Amway people are right. The guys. That oh, of course. Them. Yeah. So but uh, so, so it, it sometimes um, I'll give you an example. I we're, we went out jogging. We're going out jogging one morning. I, I was a protector. He liked to run. He's in incredible shape. I'm not going to knock myself. Or if you guys hate me for it, I'm in really good shape too. <laughs> so I but, was where are the, uh, where are the pictures? What magazine was it again? If I know, want to see bl- the incredible bl- shape bl- you're in. Ballistic. <laughs> That's ballistic right. Ballistic magazine. magazine. But I was the only one that would go out and run with him in the mornings. Cause he did, he was a good runner. I was a good runner. I was the only one I think could probably keep up with him too on the detail. But I remember we're out there running at one of his farms. He had one of his areas outside. We go trail running together. It was, it was great. It was a good time. It was a great time running out with him and him and I could talk, you know, he was a seal as a ranger. And I, I think we saw each other as peers more than I'm his protectee. You're my, you're my principal. I didn't, we didn't look at it that way, but he did have a different sense of humor because he had an insulate pad that we carry. Insulate pad is stuff that we used to get in the military. It's a pad that you put on the ground when you're out in the, out humping around in the in the woods or you're going in urban environments because you don't want to sleep on concrete or the ground because that sucks the heat right out of you. That's what makes you cold. So having an insulate pad, something, styrofoam, anything that could just give you that little bit of space if you have to lay on the ground is going to keep your body heat way up. Well, in the Ranger Battalion, we call it puss pads. It's a puss pad because we didn't use them. We figured if you're going to need it, you're a puss. <laughs> so we, well, he had one in his garage, and I said, so you got a puss pad. And I remember he looked at me like, what did you call You know, He was angry. He's like, what did you call me? And I'm like, I'm like Eric, I'm like, hey, we call that a puss pad in Ranger Battalion. I guess that's not been filtered down to the teams yet, the SEAL teams yet, has it? And it was, it was that sort of thing that he would he, – he was kind of like the guy from Guardians of the Galaxy who's Drax. He takes everything literal. Everything you say, he takes literally until you explain it to him. Then he's like, oh, it's a joke. Okay, that's funny. I get it. So that's just how his personality was. But as long as you got used to it and, you know, that it, it could have created a toxic environment with me and him because him and I, because I am completely not literal. I joke yeah, all exactly. the time, obviously. He yeah, is we're both that way. <laughs> yeah, I'm like the little, I'm like the little fox, the little raccoon on <laughs> Guardians of the Galaxy or, or Star-Lord. He's like Drax. So I got to kind of explain it to him whenever I was telling a joke. But when he realized I wasn't making fun of him, whenever I tell a joke and they got used to my personality and I got used to his personality, no, it was great. But, but really what, what really to me, what I admired is that he, he was a, he's a God-fearing man. He, he is a Christian and that that's important. And I really do again, money or not, you know, whether he has millions and millions of dollars or not, I, I don't care. His heart was in the right place with Blackwater when he built it and started that thing. And he did take care of a lot, a lot of contractors that, uh, that, that, would have been flailing out there if he wouldn't have started Blackwater and if he would there wouldn't have been an Eric Prince behind the Blackwater scene. They just you know, it just got too big and then the government government came in and and that's when it went to shit. And yeah. and he walked away and he walked away from it. And I'll be honest I said I said it before, I probably would have done the same thing. Just like walk away, give him the finger saying, Okay, I told you so, assholes. It's your shit show now and and leave. So uh, yeah. um 
Yeah, I, well, that's but that's that's my that's my one story out there running with him, and we'll call it the Puss Pat Eric Prince Puss Pat story. <laughs> it's it's a good story, man, and I'm looking forward to hearing Tig's perspective on all that. Hopefully, we can get into it. Um, so we're gonna dial up Tig right now, but before we do, once again, Fort Scott Munitions is doing great business right now. God bless. They're a manufacturer yeah. of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammunition that is designed to tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring they receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as... This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Scottmunitions.com, F-O-R-T-S-C-O-T-T-M-U-N-I-T-I-O-N-S.com. They really support what we do. So we support them, and it's what you use, Chris, on every Battleline Tactical course. Yeah, and especially if we ever get to have one again. again I know. If all, if all it's the crazy, man. Well, are in, and for all those listening out there, our Indiana course coming at the end of April, well, the Indiana state governor, Indiana, uh, shut Indiana down now. So we're going to have to push that course now, too. But that being said, the ranges here in Omaha are still open under certain restrictions, but they're still are open. And I go and train and I go shoot. And that's what I use for Scott Munitions. It's the best stuff out there. Five, five, six. There's a blackout seven, six, two by three, nine. The Creedmoor that's out there, six point five Creedmoor. And of course, the nine mil um home defense guys i know people are out there buying stop panic buying ammo you don't need to stock up on ammo that much guys we're not going to have a, another red dawn i don't see that happening <laughs> down the road but if you want to buy ammo and you're out there and, and a lot of you guys out there yeah you're, you're out there hunting and, and providing for your family now back to the old school way of doing things uh and also yeah home defense get that four scott munitions because you guys it's the best out there tumble on impact it's gonna, it's gonna knock down, and I'll say it. If people want to say it, you say stop the threat. I'm gonna say it's gonna kill whatever you're shooting at. And if that's, uh, if that's out there, you're providing for your family, going out deer hunting, or if you have an intruder in your home that's trying to get after your kids. And I'm being realistic, guys. I am just telling you how it is. That's what you want. You want something that's, that's gonna stop. And, and and stop and kill whatever you're trying to get at in in re, a responsible way. We don't we're not telling we're not telling mass shooters go buy Fort Scott munitions. Don't do that. We're not saying that. But you want ammo. You want stuff that's going to perform at the top level that you need it to perform at. Go for Fort Scott munitions and the family. Again, we say it every every week. The family, the craft family, and and Robbie out there, uh, and everybody working out there. Preston Church fantastic group of guys caleb all these guys are, are they're just family men family people that are trying to provide and they're trying to keep up with orders right now going out of their minds they're fantastic people so please support them 
Well said. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the Battleline podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, Battleline Tactical, and the Battleline podcast. You heard us just speak about Patch Ops. Once again, this show is sponsored by PatchOps.com, which is an officially licensed partner company of Chris Peranto, KPI LLC, and Battleline Tactical. They make the Battleline Tactical PVC morale patches and vinyl decals. The quality of their products, it's going to blow you away. So do us a favor and go follow Patch Ops on Facebook and on Twitter. Patch Operations on Instagram. Patch Ops is a family-owned and operated business by Marine veteran Tim Hickey and his wife, Michelle. Tim actually served with who we're about to have on in just seconds, the same infantry unit as TIG, 3-7, and their company focuses on supplying the highest quality of morale patches and vinyl decals on the market today at an affordable price. They have amazingly talented artists on staff that can take your custom ideas from concept to reality. That's any idea you have and they'll create something that will make everyone involved proud to display. Every aspect of this company makes them stand out in a crowd, so please go check them out at patchops.com. Grab some of the baddest patches and decals on the planet, or have them start making your very own designs today. Use code BATTLELINE for 15% off your next order on patchops.com. Patchops, morale patches designed for the hardcore. With that, let's get Tig on. Hey, Tig, you hear us? What's up, nope. fuck? what's up, fucker? <laughs> is that is that Hillary Clinton on the line? <laughs> Dude, it's your mom. Your your mom's Hillary Clinton. Pretty close. <laughs> uh, you don't have to do video if you want. I don't. To, I don't. I don't want to see your ugly ass face. <laughs> it's completely so up be- to you, man. We're just kind of we figured like saving bandwidth because since we're recording through the app, that's why we don't have them on. But uh, yeah, it's up to you, man. Is uh, is everything good? Or are you good to go on your end? No, I'm good. Awesome. All right, so I'll give uh, Tig an intro. We'll get right into everything. Cool. Yeah, you, cool. you, and you still hear us, right, Chris? Yeah, no, I, cool. I got you, man. I'm all right. Yeah, we're good. To- cool. So joining us for the first time on the podcast, very excited to have on John Tig Tigan, Marine Sergeant and Security Contractor for Blackwater, the CIA, etc. You really know him best from 13 Hours, multiple deployments, uh, played by Dominic Famusa in the film itself, uh, John Tegan, or Tigan.com, or it's Tigan, John? Tigan, yep. Yeah, John Tigan.com, T-I-E-G-E-N.com. Before we get into your whole background, I have a pretty self-indulgent question to ask, because <laughs> it's just, it's bothering me. I am, I still don't remember if I ever got a chance to meet you, because my first time meeting Chris was Chris's first appearance on the Will Cow Majority when I was working at Sirius XM, and I know one of the other guys is with him, and I can't put my finger on it if it was you. Man, that that hurts telling me it looks like Oz. Man, I, I, <laughs> Who, like to, I don't like to take that, Tig. Tig, was it you or it was Oz? <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> I know, really? That's what I told us. I shit, I don't know either. I, I, it was one of them blonde hairs fuckers. I don't know which one it was. <laughs> I just don't, I really don't remember because Chris was just the, the guy that I stayed in touch with. And, you know, fast forward all these years later and, and we're doing this, but you know, I'm really excited to get in your background. And before we brought you on, we were saying I'd love to hear about your background just as a Marine, joining the Marines. And Chris himself was saying he never got to hear a lot of those stories. So I think a lot of our audience likely has never heard those stories. So I'd love to uh, hear your perspective on that and, and what inspired you to go that route. 
Yeah, bro, we, we talk enough about Benghazi. People have heard enough about that, man. I, I really think people like to hear about your Marine background, and, and so would I. And granted, you know, I, I hate I your face, but I still would love to hear conspiracy. it. It's all conspiracy to, as a Marine? No, Benghazi. <laughs> I, already said I, I already said I'd choke out that guy and got visited by the Secret Service for saying that. So I, I think we're clear on that now. <laughs> but uh, no, nah, bro, I, I, I think people would like to. If, if you're willing to talk about it, it's up to you. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, you know, originally I was going to join the uh, the army originally. But then I realized how easy it was, and since <laughs> I knew that was coming, <laughs> I, I've never heard a name. Let's see, do you hear me chuckling? That's like old joke. I already heard the drum roll. <laughs> I've heard it like eight million times. But <laughs> keep keep going, fucker. You know, I mean, I mean, they took my wife in, so I, you know, you got you got a feel for him. But I bet, well, your wife's tough for you. Okay, I'm, we're gonna stop. I can already see us going down the hole. Already, it's gonna be an hour of him, me and him picking at each other. But seriously, though, your wife is tougher than you. But continue. No, keep. I, I can see that. But she's taller than you. Well, wife, wife's tougher than most guys I know. No, so, I'm saying she's taller than you. Well, that's because I'm getting old, man. Everybody shrinks a little bit. I used to be six five. What are you like, six foot now? <laughs> No, that was that was that was your actor who was six five. Yeah, so it was all of our actors were six five, I think, <laughs> except for uh, Mark's guy. Right, the the Mark's funniest guy. one was Boone's though. <laughs> hey guys, Boone's not a Boone's not a six four white guy. Just want to let you everybody out there know. He's that, pretty right? close though, right? <laughs> he is. He's like five foot three. Five foot three, black guy that looks like he's a Polynesian and Mexican. There you go. <laughs> Freaking hilarious when people see who he is. But not. I, I know Tig. Um, we got in the Marines. Uh, we, you know, we talked because we talked about three seven, and uh, no, I, I didn't know you wanted to go in the army. I had no idea. Oh, I, or was that just jab? Was that just a jab? Was that another jab? No, no actually, no. Actually, I wanted to. Be, I wanted to be a pilot. I wanted to fly the Apache. Uh, then, but then my eyes oh, went, went south on me, and you know, like I couldn't see ten feet in front of my face, and. I think now you can fly because you, you can get corrected. Uh, yeah, delayed. you can get LASIK. But, yeah. Well, yeah, once I said that, I was like, yeah, screw it. I'll just go. I'll just be a grunt. And then, so I uh, saw the movie Full Metal Jacket, and that was it. So I'm going to think. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome, man. So, yeah. I didn't even know that. I didn't know that. Can you imagine Tig flying, dude? He, he'd be crashing shit left and right. Just, hey, where's my new helicopter? <laughs> Fuck it, I'm going to go run this in the mountain. <laughs> where's my new helicopter? No, I've, I've I've flown the planes before. I've done that. What? But they, wouldn't, they wouldn't let me get my pilot license because I have a sleep apnea. <laughs> Holy shit, that's all. Wait, you want to be a pilot? No, you have terrible eyes and you fall asleep. <laughs> well, I don't fall asleep, but I have sleep apnea. <laughs> sleep so, apnea. Uh, do you have to wear one of those machines? Yep. Oh man, I wouldn't want that. I, that that's a coronavirus machine right there. I'm surprised. I'm surprised you wouldn't have known that because I would just think you guys are in such such close quarters, you know, during Benghazi that you probably would know each other's sleep. No, he right? he was snuggling with Jack. I was snuggling yep. with Ben. No, he was him and him and Jack were spooning 24 <laughs> seven. Don't let that don't let that curtains curtain that that was in the movie that really wasn't there in real well, life. We actually pushed we beds wall together. That divided us. Dude, you guys had pushed your beds together. Shut up. I. Okay. I <laughs> No, that well, actually, you guys, you and Boone didn't push you. You actually just slept in the same bed. You uh, said, you're right. Well, that's because we're little. We're little guys. I'm five foot seven. He's five. That's foot what two. she said. 
So, I was going to ask as well, Tig, because before we brought you on, we were kind of talking about how both you guys have experience with Blackwater. And uh, like I said in the intro, I've heard great things, kind of as Chris says about Blackwater. I've heard people who have had terrible experiences with Blackwater. How would you describe your whole background there? I don't think people had terrible experience with Blackwater. It's probably because they sucked as contractors. <laughs> but I, I, I had no no issues with them. Uh, you know, in the beginning, it was the pay kind of sucked, you know. But it was, I mean, hell, they, they started off with the Hooter girls that would run the office. So, you know, the pay was whatever you get back pay you know every now and then you get about 50 grand deposit in your account you're like what the, what the hell this comes from that for? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so you have to yeah. call them you have to call and say hey you know you sent me this so you had to send them you know but other than that i mean working for blackwater was it was a good company um you know they saved that, that company saved thousands of lives i mean lives that the, this country has no 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 clue that including military guys i mean they would fly into places where the military wouldn't go in or they didn't have the the resources to go in and help their own people and Blackwater guys, they would, you know, fly to little birds. I mean, hell, there's actually video footage of some of them. Um, uh, where was that one at? Um, Najaf. Najaf. Yeah. The rooftop. I mean, it wasn't for Blackwater. This, all those freaking military guys probably got wasted. So that that was a bit, we just didn't have any, we had no, uh, oversight. And I was right around 0304, no, I mean, we would supplement. I'd actually supplement military units, but they were short. They'd just come and ask. And, and But it's it's just when it, it when the Department of State really got involved and it stopped being CPA and they started putting these regulations on. Then you had guys in the office that really shouldn't have been in the office. Yep. Uh, that's when it really it just, you know, it, it was just like, hey, well, we got more rules now. Well, wait a second. These rules that you're having aren't going to save people's lives. just going to make it harder for us to work. Well, big shock. There's a government for you. And that's to me. That's you could just see it just start to just start to spiral down. But I I, I agree with Tig. I did enjoy when you weren't getting paid. And you're like, wait a second, where's my pay? And then all of a sudden, wham! There's a, yeah. there's a chunk. You're like, where'd that come from? Oh, we're getting your back paid. And and you know, the good thing about that at times that when it, the back pay and some of the contracts that we're doing too is that they would they'd be short during Christmas breaks or short during certain holidays. And man, I tell you, there was some the the the, uh, the bonuses bonuses that they would give you to stay during your leave it was it was almost impossible to to turn it down yeah it was it it, it, it was but he's right on the on the late pay but it would eventually come yeah and it would and it would come with a vengeance just like wow like holy shit you were tempted to go buy a new maserati with it some of the guys can freaking atf <laughs> everybody come looking at your house what are you doing? <laughs> uh, it's it was mad. I had one guy on my team, uh, Benicio. I loved, I loved him. He was awesome, dude. Amsterdam every leave, and he would blow. I mean, he was, he was high roller. He would, blow, and he was a single guy in his twenties. You know, I did his, I think he did four years with. Is either with, with, uh, it wasn't Raiders at the time, but it was Force Recon, or I, I don't know. It may have been a. May, I know it was an option, and maybe it was the PJs. I don't know who it was, but bottom line is he. He would take that money, youngster. Can you imagine a 27-year-old with 75 grand in his pocket has leave? Uh, let's see, do I go home or do I go to Amsterdam and just basically spend all my money on Dom Perignon and and debauchery? And Red light that's guy, yeah, that's what guys would do. That's what single guys would do. And, and a lot of those guys are, I'm sure, they're hating it. Well, didn't hate it then, 
but I'm sure now they're like, man, I wish we'd put some money away. But, but I, you know, I, I don't know. I, if I didn't have a family and, and a wife and stuff to support at the time, I might have done the same thing. It's just, it was, it was some mad, crazy, wild west days when you were working. And then when you weren't working just because of the money and because of the oversight, but I agree with Tig. Lives were saved because we didn't have a ton of rules. We didn't have to adhere to all the bullshit rules that they established now just so some state department or some department of defense, you know, 06 or CIS level individual can can say they implemented a new rule and it, it saved lives. But, you know, now guys are hamstrung, hamstrung. And you can even see it in Benghazi with them saying, telling us not to go because of freaking rules. Stupidest thing in the world. Luckily, luckily for us. I can speak for Tig. I can't speak for the other guys, but I can speak for Tig. I think, and me and him the same way. We kind of like, hey, f you and your damn rules. He just does it differently. Well, no, in Benghazi, we basically did it the same way. Now we do it a little differently. He, but it was like, you know, f you, we're going. Yep. So, um, yeah. Anyway, anyway, no, that's I, I, I'm, I, I'm getting flashbacks of of being of uh, Blackwater back in the good old days because it was the good old days. It was it was fun and we had a blast. At least I did. I, 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 you, did you, I mean, I don't know, did you have a blast? I had fun. I had, I had a kick in the pants during those early days. I definitely wasn't home much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, it was, it was hard to come. It was, it was hard to come home because it just, you're having fun and well, you're. Well, plus a couple of years, me and the wife are both contractors. So she wasn't home anyway. So I was like, oh, that's right. Yep. Oh, no, tell, tell people about that. But tell people about, about Margaret and what she was doing, man. I, and if people don't, Mar- don't know Margaret, um, yeah, she will whoop your ass. If you put <laughs> her and my wife together, they could probably take on uh, – they'd kick a lot of guys' asses. All hey, Chris. <laughs> yeah, no, we uh, we actually both started contracting in 2003 out of Kuwait with a company called CSA. It's kind of like a KBR of Halliburton. Uh, yep. And uh, – I, I did it for about a year. Then I found out about Blackwater. Actually, well, there's a bunch of companies over there, you know, 2003, 2004, that were kind of fly-by-nights. <laughs> you know, it really kind of gave the uh, contractors really bad names. They're the one going out there doing the Wild Wild West bull crap. Um, who, who was a couple of them? Like, um, they were crazy. Custer Battles, I think yeah, it was. Custer Battles was, was, yeah, Custer was really bad. The one, the one that got hammered on Biop. Um, gosh, they were, they were a British company. I can't remember their name, but yeah, I, I know what you're talking about. I just can't remember their damn names. But yeah, I mean, so, you know, filtering out through those, trying to find the right, you know, company to go with and end up, you know, finding Blackwater and 04, actually late 04, I finally uh, got on with them and the wife, she stayed in Kuwait and worked there for another two years, I want to say, while I was doing contracting work. So pretty much two years straight, almost three years straight, we were both overseas the whole entire time. And then, uh, you know, she kind of came back home and I just kind of continued you know, hell, I think we're doing two weeks, you know, going for two weeks and go turn around and go right back, you know, for three, four months. And, you know, we like, I think what, out of the 10 years contracting, I, I think close to seven years I spent overseas. Yeah, it's just, it was just too hard to, too hard to come home until they started to make us on the GRS yeah. side. When they say yeah. like, yeah, you guys can't stay, you, you have to come home. Yeah. I too agree. many burnt out. Did, did you guys ever cross paths prior to Benghazi while you were contracting? Uh, yeah, I I think you did. Were you did AOB at in, at the Ariana, didn't you? Weren't you there yeah. with some time when I was? Because I think as we did, like it was just in past. We didn't know each other, but I could have swore that you were, didn't you, at Kabul? 
Yeah, I think, I think we worked at Cobble. I don't think I don't think we ever did anything together, but I think we worked there at the same time. And that was it. And you guys, for those that I was talking about before Tig came on, that's why I said Tig, Tig did it the hard way to come on to GRS, and I'm, we'll talk about it. But that's where Cobble he was doing the static, the AOB stuff, which was which was static for uh, CI facilities. And yeah, that's where I that's where I swore we had worked together because I was I was doing GRS and he was doing doing static stuff. And then I, I remember we were short on guys and I wasn't at a high enough level to pick guys to come over, but I knew we were short on guys. And I, that's when we started to grab, I mean, we, we, there was a discussion about it within the conference room, the team room we had there in Cabo was like, well, let's, let's get static guys. Cause they already have a clearance. Then we don't have to wait. And they were, you guys, I remember the Cabo S uh, C one did pretty good evals. And a lot of guys didn't like him, but he at least had paperwork on everybody. So we yeah. can look at the paperwork and, but yeah, we'll talk about that in a second. If I, I, cause I, I do, I want people to know that you, you, you busted your ass to get over to GRS. You, <laughs> you did it the hard way. Yeah. Weasel my way in. <laughs> yeah. You, you, some guys did. Okay. There is some guys that did wheels. We they did weasel their way in. If they knew the right contracting officer within a company. Um, yeah, brother, I I didn't see you being a weasel. I know some weasels. Well, you're you're an asshole, but you're not a weasel. Yeah. <laughs> I, th- I think they kind of also wanted me because I was like every time I'd come back, I'd go up and I talk to them. I say, here's my resume. Here's my resume. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's right. That's, I, that's right. Yeah, that's that <laughs> I think you, I think you got what was it Sachs or with one of our C was man. They're like, yeah, here's a guy. But you know, but you also you know that being said too. You did I think have it was Grundle? Grund- Grundle! Oh Grundle. my goodness! He's, the one. So he's like, all right, we're gonna finally give you a shot because we're short. <laughs> if you make it, you make. It. If you don't, leave us the fuck alone. <laughs> and, that's, and that's that's how it was. It's like, here's your shot, dude. You want it? You, you got your goodie vows? Let's do it, Grundle. Um, yeah, you know, God bless him, Grundle. And it, you know, Grundle actually passed away a few years ago, at natural causes. But yeah, I remember. I haven't heard that name forever. Grundle was a former DevGrew guy and. And he was a tremendous contractor. Then he went to the blue side of the house, became a staffer, and and uh, yeah, he he ran the show there. He loved that. He loved the Ariana there. Him and Sachs did a fantastic job in Brutus. So I didn't know Grundle was the one that picked you though. That's cool. Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Um, where did you end up going when you had to do your vetting? Where was it at? Did you go through TDC or did they put you through Victory or something like that? Um, it was the it was the long one. You did through the victory. Yeah. So yeah. did you go through the one at Blackwater? You did yep. through Blackwater. Yeah. yeah. That was um and that, back in the back in the day, Ian, we had like different vetting courses. You could go through the the company one, which is called Victory. And actually I, I ran and taught that one. That was that was like a three week course. Or you could go through the TDC one, which was a week, but it was I mean it was there it was here's here's your course of fire, go shoot it. You don't make it, you're done. And and um I, I think both were were both were good. Both both vetted people correctly. And man, that three week one that was at that was at Moyak the whole time. Or did you end up having to go somewhere else? No, it was Moyak the whole entire time. Driving too? Did the driving at Moyak yeah. as well? Moyak is the driving too. Yep. Because we had the driving, we had built the driving track then, so you went at that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think I the only thing we traveled for was the freaking hand to hand combat crap. Oh, you went to Easton. Did you yeah. Dieter's, yeah, you went yep. to Dieter's place. Yeah, the the. I actually enjoyed that. I mean, it was, it was fun, especially the hooded box drill. Yeah, people I gave. Think. I I did too. I I actually I actually got and became certified as a level one instructor there and went through their forging, at their Dieter's and a lot of guys hated it. I 
I did. I just took it for. And that's the thing about Tig. He always. It's a tool, man. It's just he, another he, tool in the toolbox. It's just another tool. That's what how we. That's the guys that were did well. And Tig is again, much as he's an asshole, he still would always <laughs> take things. He would always learn. And that's the guys you wanted. You wanted guys that. Oh, that I know my martial my my martial arts better than your martial art. Well, who gives a shit? Just teach me it. That, whatever. And and yeah, the hooded box. That was hey tell <laughs> tell people about your best experience with the explain what the hooded box is and then tell them what your best experience was with the hooded box because I had fun doing that too. Oh man, well actually the best experience is watching people. But uh, so, the, <laughs> so so they put you in a room. It depends on what I, I would say. Let's say like uh, I would do fifteen by fifteen room foot room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you have one door onto your uh, your your. I was I was trying to remember it on your immediate left was one of the rooms. So on your immediate left, but then you put you in a box. So they had it taped off, and it was just about, well, I don't know, so about two foot by two foot Yeah, back. yeah, it was real, real, just so you could stand and maybe pivot around. But it was yeah, real you had to protect your box. <laughs> so your box was your 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 uh, goal. And oh, it's, it's your social distancing spaces, guys. Yeah. <laughs> that, there it is. It's your social distancing spaces. You <laughs> keep away from your box. But uh, then they would drop a hood over you, play a bunch of loud music, and, of course, you got you got a um, – uh, protective headgear on so people can punch you in the face <laughs> and, or even buttstro i mean it was it was fun but so they would play music people would be moving around so you couldn't hear what they were doing and then they would flip the hood up and you had to assess what was going on in front of you within seconds i mean i mean some dude might be getting ready to pop you like right when the hood comes up and if you ain't ready for it he's gonna get you um you might have to draw your gun and engage or but again you had you know, like like split second to decide what you're gonna do, and a couple of guys they every time they <laughs> got to watch them, the hood would come up and they would just overreact or escalate the situation. And guess what? They didn't make it. Like uh, example would be like a guy instead his hand would be out to have you shake his hand, but yep. you overreact and the dude would get jacked to jack him in the face, and you fail that too. The thing is, you don't pass. You have to assess the situation right when that hood comes up. They get your emotions and your adrenaline going 100 miles an hour because you can't see. But just like Tick's saying, there's people moving around. You can hear things going on. You're, you're already playing mind games with yourself, so you're already amped up. And then a book, then your hood comes up, and there could be a guy, like I said, just reaches his hand out for you to shake it. And I, I did say I've seen guys overreact because you get to watch each other on film, so you get to shame each other too. So you get the shaming part portion too. So, and I've never seen a guy just cold cock a dude when he was going to shake his hand. But yep. that is also part of the vetting is that if you do that, it's it, we laugh about it, but guess what? That's a black mark against you, and you may not pass the course because you were too aggressive. So yep. it just you, you had. But yeah, those I remember those. those I have uh, to say, guys, it's interesting to hear this because, you know, with my experience of uh, just interviewing different guys in the community, apparently the Navy SEALs have the same thing. I've, I've heard this exact same story from Navy SEALs. I, I'll, I'll be on, brother. The Dieter stuff, the Dieter, if you go back, Dwayne Dieter, it was developed specifically with Dieter and Dev Group, SEAL Team 6. And so some of that's where also the hide carry and some of these other things come up is it was year and, you know, Tick's talking about it. When was it? 2006 you went through, brother? 2007 or was it later? 2007. Seven. Yeah, early. It was I went through in early 2000s myself. So it's been going on for years. And and if you ever, you know, he doesn't sponsor the podcast, but if you ever want to do any of this, 
uh, he's probably not open right now, but get out to Eastern, (laughs) Eastern Maryland and go through a, he has open enrollment courses, go do the CQD stuff, CQD close quarter defense. And, and if anything, you're learning, you have fun and that hooded box, it really does. I don't think it really teaches. Go ahead. I think it's a lot about yourself. And then plus you you get to sit down and you get to watch, watch what you did. Cause you're, you're thinking, in front of you, in your head, after you're done, okay, this is what I did, this is what I did, and then you go watch the video, and it's totally opposite. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. Who, who, uh, who are you saying, Chris, would instruct this if if you it's, know if the glass were open? Yeah, if you want to. Actually, I, I sent Dave, Dave Barrera. I actually, I sent you one of his cards, brother. Gotcha. Yeah. No, because I was wondering if maybe it was like Matt Larson or something, because I'm familiar with him and I know well, he's. Matt- yeah, Matt's Matt's in the Ranger Regiment. No, he, he's a, he's a go go work with Matt too, but that's completely separate. There's there's a competition within the special operations community with oh, like I said, my hung my kung fu is better than your kung fu sort of thing, and because CQD was really originated within the SEAL teams, and then Dwayne Dwayne put and Dwayne has no military experience, so that gives him a hit sometimes on guys guys like ah, but Dwayne Dieter he's the one that runs CQD. Gotcha. But, but again. With it, Dave Barrera's a great guy. You have um, Darren. What was Darren's? Darren's a former SEAL team guy. You know, you've got you've got you've got guys with military experience that are as instructors. I was one of his. I was one of the instructors that taught level one at Blackwater when we had a, off, a, a detachment so cool. at Blackwater. So, um, but I, I'm like Tig. Like, yeah, some of this shit was terrible. I, I wouldn't use it. But, <laughs> but that's why. So by I, the way, this is when you say the whole um, you know, my martial arts is better than yours. That's why I can't wait to have Jim West on because to me he is like the ultimate with that. I've I, there's no one I've met and I've met in my life who likes to fight and talk fighting more than Jim West. And uh, and it's so crazy when I hear because I hear you guys sometimes talk about like this darker side of you. I and he couldn't be a nicer guy, the guy that I know today. And it, it has to do with that flipping the switch thing. Right. And, and like I said, Tig and I give each other shit. When we talk to our speeches, we make fun of each other, especially if we're on the stage at the same time. <laughs> but when it comes right down to it, Tig's, Tig's the nicest guy in the world, and, but he's got that switch too. We all have that switch. You can't have that switch on all the time though, yeah. or you'll burn out and you'll, we'll you'll just, yeah, you, you will, you'll kill yourself. You'll, get in domestic violences to violence you'll start doing drugs or you get become an alcoholic so you have to be able to turn that switch off and it's hard to find i mean i every every day i know where my switch is but i still have to consciously sometimes turn it off the turning it on is easy it's it's turning it off that's hard that's that's more difficult it's not hard it's just more difficult but that's what i said with the stuff with tig and the cqd stuff it was great. I love doing it. I love doing the Aikido. I love doing martial blade concepts. I love doing the jujitsu stuff. I love doing just combatives when Larson took over as the and Rangers took over the combative stuff within the army. I, I love doing all that. I grabbed something from all of it. And then there's some shit that I wouldn't use to save save my life because it wouldn't work. But nope. that's the beauty of it. You yeah. go learn it and then you learn things. And you do learn about yourself with that hooded box drill, man. You learn you learn how to control your emotions more than well, the funny the one, one guy man he ended up making it but it was funny every time the box every time the hood would hood would come up he would like he would jump up and, tw- and like twitch his feet and then land and then do his thing <laughs> like a twinkle toes and he, he, he was doing it <laughs> dude that is so hilarious that is hilarious i've I actually, my first box, I remember my first one, it came up and I was, it was an unarmed because you have armed and unarmed as well. And I remember I, I wasn't, this was the unarmed portion. So it was unarmed. 
the box came up and the room actually our room when i was using the deeters it was we had a they had it pretty long so it was about i would say 15 foot wide but it was a good 30 foot 40 foot long they had, they had opened the whole the whole room up so because you could section it off they'd opened up all the walls well there was a guy at the end of the room that had a gun and he pulled his pistol on me well i had a door to my left that i could have run out of but i'm thinking in my mindset wait a second no i'm protector of this because I'm, I'm no i'm just i got to take this guy out even though i don't have a gun on me and this is i was going through tdc actually at the time for and um and i remember i sprinted at the dude and tackled him and it, i mean they watched it after and they got a laugh at. i mean it was funny it's like what are you doing you just got like shot eight times well i'm taking the dude out i'll be honest i i, I the, the instructor came after me after so dude I've never seen somebody chase a guy down with a gun. You didn't have anything. I said, well, I got to take him out. He says, you're dead. I'm like, yeah, but, but it, it, because <laughs> they said that was, that was, he, I got kudos for it. Thinking about it again, though. Yeah. I don't know if I chased the guy down if he had a gun and I'm 40 foot away from him. I probably go to the door to the left. <laughs> just, say it. just say it. Lesson, lesson learned, but it, it worked out. And they say, and that was my, that was, but see, that's the thing is that your reaction your reaction is that right at that time, what would you do? You don't have time to think about it. What are you going to do? What's your, and I don't want to use the time as, I don't want to say instinctive, but what is your reflexive action? And that was mine. Mine was to go, and I ran after him. And it was funny, dude. You should have seen the video after the whole room was just busting up laughing because you see me look left, like I want to run out the door. And then it's kind of like, fuck it. And I just <laughs> took off after the guy. And the guy with the gun had no idea why I was coming after him either because he thought I was going to run left. So he's shocked. That he's like, oh shit, the guy's charging me. And he shoots me like he shoots me like three times and he tries to run away and I just run down and I tackle his ass. Well you got and, body armor on, so you're good. <laughs> Wait, so what what do they what do they shoot you with during that drill? Is there anything? Sim munitions. Yeah, sim rounds, paint paint rounds. For those out there that don't know what sim munitions are, they're they're little rounds that look like bullets and they, they hit you and they hit you with paint. And if you get hit even with the long, they hurt. They do hurt. Freaking no, no <laughs> yeah, I was thinking that that's got to take some balls to do that. Even with those rounds, did did you get hit? Oh yeah, I got I got I got some. Uh, I had to explain some welts on my chest because we weren't wearing body. You know that box drill unarmed. We weren't wearing body armor at the time. It was the first one too. So I think they were trying to get us used to. Okay, this is what it's like without armor. This is what he went home with, with chest hickeys. <laughs> With just because I had to explain to Tanya, I really did get shot. These aren't hickeys on my boob, right? <laughs> right? Um, Ian, I've showed you know my pinkies, the, the couple of my pinkies on my left hand that look like little aliens growing out of my knuckles. Those are actually been broken by sim rounds because crazy, uh, they just man. they got hit hit close, and that's just me being an idiot and getting shot in the hand. I mean, yep. shot myself. Yeah, maybe I shot myself in the hand too. As far as you know, I didn't, but maybe I did. Who knows? Yeah, these. Not like that. Um, I don't even remember his name off the top of my head, but remember the Navy SEAL who shot himself and then blamed it on some kids in a parking lot. You know who I'm talking about, right? What? Who? Oh, was that Blizz it, Dan? Was that Dan Blizzard? It, it was a while ago. No, not Dan Bilzerian, because uh, he's not even an actual Navy it, SEAL. Yeah, he was. He was like a just a yeah. Who, who was? You guys Dan? don't know who I'm talking about. He changed his name. I, I don't even want to say it because I even if I did know off the top of my head, because if he happens to hear Dance this, he might be like, "That's not what happens." <laughs> but what's up? Jason the Body Ventura. No, no, no. That <laughs> is. The, I'll, I'll send it to you. I'll send it to you guys later. No, but he what he. I mean, I it's pretty know. much known that he shot himself and what? you know blamed it on. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you guys later. There's actually something I've always wanted to hear from you that Chris has been really open about and never heard your perspective. 
after the Benghazi incident, it's it's safe to say neither of you guys set out to be famous names. You didn't go into this for publicity or to have your name out there. Didn't plan on writing books or anything. And you guys immediately came into the spotlight to no uh, to, to no choice of your own. And I know Chris has talked about how he handled that, and it's at times it was it was toxic. I'm I'm wondering what your situation was like with that. Uh, Take well, tell, tell him that you went back to because he did he did I'm not, don't, he did go back to uh you you stopped working like the rest of us right you went to Lebanon didn't you yeah well, you kept I went for six months yeah I had to wait for my lungs to heal up and then I then I went back and uh, I went I went back to work for two more deployments I was headed back to my third when uh, we finally uh, decided to actually do the book. So, but what was the experience like? Because I just know for Chris, it's like it was too much having to deal with this automatic fame that he never asked for. Did you have that same experience? Not really. Cause I kind of, I didn't really come out. I just kind of still kind of stayed in the background. I mean, if you watch a lot of the, a lot of the interviews, Tonto answered all my questions. <laughs> that was the inside joke. Cause like I, I started doing that. Even when they ask a question, I'd actually step up in the interview. I take, I, I got this dude. I got it. It was or, actually, it was, it was funny. I think it was when people started to see a sense of humor with, with all of us too, but yeah, I remember doing that. Shit, I forgot all about that. <laughs> so, so Tig, how do you feel about this? And Tom, go, I got this. I got this, dude. I <laughs> like whatever. <laughs> I totally fucking forgot about all that. Holy shit, that's funny. Oh, so, man. I mean, for me, it was more slow. I mean, I didn't really start really pushing myself out there until probably about actually three years ago, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's when, that's when I, I saw it now. I said you, you're like like me. You're you're getting sponsored by because uh, you're doing some of the tactical games, right? Yeah. Yep. So, yeah. So you're out there doing that, and you're sponsored by a few. You can name them, dude. I don't know, a few companies um, that don't. I'm, am I correct? Maybe I'm wrong, dude. I, I I'll be honest. I don't really pay attention. I, I'm as much as I was on social media back in the day. I'm that's about the opposite now. So I, I know you are, but I don't know who you're with and and how that's going. So maybe tell tell listeners a little bit about that. Well, I mean, now, I mean, my biggest sponsors right now are uh, uh, Brownells, which is kind of like Amazon of the gun world, and then uh, Cryptek. Oh, yeah. Oh, st- you still got that fancy-ass jacket? Yep, still got the Cryptek coat. Still, still got the fancy-ass. If you ever see, go look on Tig's IG page. You'll find a picture of Tig in his fancy-ass Cryptek jacket, his camo jacket Sports that he coat. wears. It's the only yeah, one made. <laughs> is, it still, is that still the same one? It's still the, yep. It hasn't wore out? You haven't pitted that thing out yet? Yeah, no, come on. <laughs> no, man, that's freaking awesome. <laughs> Every time that we, yeah, it's his, that's his, that's his game jacket, man. That's his new uniform. Whenever, whenever, out or or whenever we used to do stuff together, that's the one he'd wear. I remember that 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 yeah. one. I think it's fucking things pretty badass. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, the reason I ask that, though, is I just know for you guys, there's some guys who go into the special operations community and they're like, I'm going to write a book. I'm going to get my story out there. And for both of you guys, I just know it wasn't. Your name was public, whether you liked it or not. I, I, I know with, with me and I, I, yeah, I, I don't want to speak for Tig, but when, when we went to the memorial ceremony for Ronan, Rona Bob and and they ushered us into that office uh, to make us sign non-disclosures. Oh, and oh, by the way, if you want to get your pay for coming out here, here's your pay to reimburse you for your travel. And then I remember them putting us behind that post too, so we couldn't even see the damn 
the damn memorial ceremony because we were all sitting behind a post. That was to me was like the and that I'd done two trips to Yemen after, before that. So Tig, we all we all kept working. Everybody kept going. Tig was they just three of us went to Yemen. Tig Tig they sent Tig to Lebanon or is that right, brother? Or I don't know. I, I can't remember. I know you didn't come to Yemen because me, Jack, and Boone went to Yemen. Um, but it was like, to me, that was like, you know what? F you then. If that's how it's going to be and that's how you're going to treat us, then you guys can kiss our ass. I, I don't I don't want this shit anymore. That kind of pissed me off a little bit. And that, that's when that's when I decided, you know what? We got to do something. Um, I'm over it. I'm over it. And I don't trust these people to have my back anymore. And let's let's do something. But I don't, I don't know when Tig's mind came into it. I don't know what he was doing. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, pretty much the same when I, because when I was actually de- um, deployed, they I did the uh, the the teleconference with the Senate committee, over, oh, uh, and uh, and of course I'm out there with the you know the the chief of station out there is best friends with Bob. <laughs> yeah, that, that's not a coincidence. Let's do a teleconference where you can put. Yeah, the chief chief of station with your I mean that's that that's not a, that's not uncomfortable intimidation right there, especially when you need your job. What a shithead. So yeah, so I, I got I got to do that. So I I mean so I testified from the Senate and Congress. But I was just kind of like, man, this is kind of fucked up. <laughs> well, you know, I don't think a lot of people know this either. Tig Tig didn't testify the first time with me, Jack, and Oz. They no. actually made Tig and. Tig, Tig, I, and I honestly do believe this was a planned action. This is what they were going to do. Tig was the one that that verbally got the stand down from Bob, but they made Tig testify with our team leader and the other staffers. So instead of coming again, another subtle form of intimidation that that well, people don't see within the government. And you know, well, Tig, at that time you were still working, weren't you? Yeah, I was still working. Actually, I, I just had knee surgery. I was, I was also high in codeine. You're. I, it was it was bullshit, I, and I remember when 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 Jack and I and Oz were getting ready to go testify. This was for Mike Rogers' bullshit committee. I remember t- looking at Jack going, "Why is why is Tig testifying with those guys? Why?" And I even asked Mark, our our lawyers, like, "Well, I, they, nobody could give me an answer." I'm like, "Well, that's the horseshit, man," because he's the one that 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 was that was verbally told. I watched the altercation with him and Bob basically yelling at each other over their car were. i didn't hear it yeah I'm, I'm watching the whole thing go on i can't hear it so when adam Schiff says well did you hear it no i didn't i'm watching it but you didn't hear it no but i'm watching it ask tig when he testified and that's that's, I was, and that's when mark kind of put his hand our lawyer put his hand on my shoulder to call because i started to get pissed off like, we'll see when this is, this is horseshit. well when i testified the first time with with uh, the team leader they didn't ask me any of the stuff at the at the uh, annex. They they no. had, were asking the team leader everything, and then when we went to the console. That's when I then they asked me all the questions after that. Well, so it, it's like one of those things that was definitely planned because. Yeah. And, I, and you know, that, guy like, well, wait a second. This is what we said. I'm like, whatever. Yeah, that and that's that's how it goes, guys. There in the dregs of the the Capitol building downstairs. When they say there's a testifying or they do a committee, believe me, the questions and the people are structured and manipulated to, especially if it's closed door, to get the answers that they want to get. It, it is, and it was bullshit. It was it was ridiculous. And I know it takes the same way. Me looking back, hindsight 2020, I probably would have been more even vocal. I I, I can't talk for Tig, but I'm assuming you probably would have been. But at that time too, we were new to it. I was new to it, so. 
and lawyers like just be careful what you say because you still think the you still think the government's going to be able to come and hit you down with a hellfire where you're sitting in your damn motel room or take everything away from you for the rest of your life they're going to take all your money where really you you just don't know and if, unless you get good advice you're kind of because you're you're just leaving the government right now you're just leaving work and you're you're still a little bit intimidated by the government which now I'm not I could give two shits but um you, you gotta you're, you're just careful for what you say because you just don't know what they could possibly take from you if you don't say the right things and and I I know things would be different now if we testified now in comparison to when we did the first time and I guarantee you I would have been a hell of a lot more vocal saying no fuck Tig needs to be in here with us he was there with us this is bullshit he needs to be I'm not going out there but I did I did in hindsight is 2020 so yeah yeah, no, I, just, I, I wanted to see if I wanted to see if Tig wanted to expand on that at all. So, oh, go ahead, go ahead, Tig, man, expand on it even more. I, if you want to, it's up to you, man. Well, I mean, for me, I'm more the I don't really like volunteer information. If they didn't ask me the question, I didn't even answer it. Uh, if they asked him, the, you know, I don't think I, I didn't feel intimidated. Um, but of course, <laughs> when I went in again, I was high in freaking oxy, so <laughs> I was literally I was like two days out of knee surgery. So I was, Damn. I was having fun. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so. I, remember, I remember you saying that. Uh, you're talking about that. I totally forgot about it up until you just mentioned it again, though. Yeah, yeah. That, it's a, it was shitty, dude. It was, it was a shitty way. But, you know, I, I, I do think that we exposed a lot of stuff that was going on. Whether we, what has benefited the country or not, I don't know. Um, but I know we, we showed a lot of, a lot of the American people that if you didn't trust the government, eh, if you do trust the government, you might not want to. If you don't already, well, we just validated it for you that <laughs> be skeptical of what you're being told. Um, oh yeah, right on. I, I I definitely think that you guys did good in in that sense. I, I know that just hearing the story from my perspective, it it meant a lot. And when I heard people in the mainstream media, even including we talked about it on a show, even John Stewart, who I normally think is funny on some things theorists it, it pissed me off and i think it pissed off anyone who really knew the story of what happened from the perspective of you guys who were on the ground um i wanted to ask you about something else tag i know for chris he loves how he was portrayed in 13 hours felt the movie was well done felt uh you know the portrayal of him was uh well done by pablo what did you think of 13 hours as a movie and and dominic's portrayal of you in the film uh well i gotta be honest i don't really remember <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so it's not something you go back and watch it's you saw it once and it's you're done with it yeah pretty much um i mean whenever you recall i mean it honored the four guys which to me was the most important thing and and you know, that's all that really mattered i mean there's a couple things that they portrayed me as it really irritated me so for one losing the fucking grenade launcher i did not lose the damn grenade launcher <laughs> I know exactly where it was. I know, <laughs> I know exactly what happened to it. But, you know, it's just, you know, but again, to me, it was just more about, I didn't, didn't really care too much about how I got portrayed. It was just more about getting the actual truth out there as much as possible without Hollywood ripping it too much and honoring the guys that were uh, were killed. So, 
Did, did you like the fact that they didn't go super political? Because I remember before the election, people felt like, you know, it was right before the election, people are going to be packing out theaters and they're going to have a bad taste in their mouth about voting for Hillary. And, and then people saw the film and it wasn't overly political. It didn't really talk about Hillary much. No, I mean, I think it was good that they didn't because, you know, while we were there, there was no politics involved. I mean, we were just doing our job trying to get things in safe lives. And I think if they'd have drawn the political side into it, it would did a dishonor to the four guys who were killed. I I agree. I We wanted to keep it as a political as possible. And I, I honestly, I think there's a longevity to it that because it's not political now that people that are saying that politics are bullshit, they're going to they're starting even to watch the movie. So it, I think it gives it more legs, longer legs for people to watch. And my opinion, I thought Dominic, I love Dominic. I think he was the greatest. He's a super nice guy. And he played, a lot of guys don't see Tig's soft side. And I'm not <laughs> talking about his penis, okay? But I think Dominic did pull out, you know, Tig's super nice guy. And, and Dominic played that as an outsider, you know, working with Tig and then seeing how Dominic portrayed him. Um I, I thought he did a great job. You know, Tick, Tick can get a little more fired up than Dominic got in the movie, but the 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 reasonable, hey, I, I care, you know, I, you know, I'm a big guy, but I give a shit. I think Dominic did a great job doing that. I, I thought he did. So when I watch it, you know, I, I see Tick, especially the sheep humping. I do remember, I actually remember even you tell me that night when you saw the sheep humping. I re- that I remember. Because yeah. yep. you guys thought they were sneaking under the sheep, you and Oz. I remember, like, what the fuck's going on? And I remember you telling me you were talking to me about the sheep humping, and and, <laughs> and they thought the sheep were humping underneath the, the zombie land. I thought that was hilarious. Yeah. So when they put it in the movie, I'm like, shit, I remember that. I remember when Tig even told me that that night. Yep. That was funny. <laughs> it, was, it was funny, especially when the, when the daylight started coming up. I'm like, oh, motherfucker. <laughs> and, <laughs> And I remember the, why I remember it too is is that I remember you telling me how bad it wasn't just the sheep is that how bad that that uh, Spo was shitting his pants too that the the guy that was on the cameras trying to figure that shit out yeah I, that was just this the like oh my god he's shitting himself like why is he shitting himself he's sitting on a camera we're the ones that should be shitting ourselves we're out here in the open that was it was just it's just funny stuff I I funny that brings it back but um but uh nah man it, with the uh. Hey, the tactical games, guys. I know we got listeners that want to, and I'm I'm getting off subject, but uh, getting off the Benghazi thing. But the the tactical game stuff, man. Um, what do you yeah. think of that? Because I know we have listeners that want to get into it, and if they do, how do they get into it? What do you recommend they start training on? With high size shooting, is there physical? Because I know you, Dwight, you've got back into shape from from you know three four years ago, and you're and you're dealing with some injuries that you always have for the rest of your life. How, why do you work through those? What kind of workouts do you do? What do you recommend to guys that want to get into the tactical games? Because I, I do recommend a lot of veterans, especially if they're having issues, post-match stress, stuff like that. To that's oh, yeah. another out, outlet for you. So it is. I mean, it's a, it's a good community. I mean, it's kind of it's kind of I'd say get into CrossFit, especially if you haven't been working out at all. Don't just jump into these things. It'll 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 whoop your ass fast. <laughs> we've had a, we've had a lot of people. You know, a lot of guys come in with these egos. Oh, I got this. This is easy. Yeah. Just shooting competition and you'll literally watch guys walk they'll they'll either they won't even finish the the uh the battle so we call them battles you just you'll see them just walk right straight to the car and and drive <laughs> you know get in shape work out it's kind of it's kind of like crossfit tough man meets shooting two gun it's rifle pistol 
So okay. some guys come with iron sights. I mean, you can shoot with anything you want now uh, on the rifle. You can use a magnification or red dot or iron sights. Um, it has to be uh, five five six. And okay. the pistol, the pistol is a pistol. Um, you know, obviously everybody's almost everybody's got a Glock. You know, you can use whatever you want. You can use those twenty two if you want, but I probably really. And so it's any caliber, it does make a damn bit of difference. Well, nothing bigger. For... Usually it's nine forty or forty five. Okay. But I mean, they'll, they'll probably let you shoot a twenty-two because it's not going to do any more damage than a nine. So where, where, uh, hey, as far as workouts, when you first started doing it, because I, I think you started, was it two years ago? Or was it a year ago? Uh, well, it's only been on for this is their third year, so it was two years ago that I started it, and it was actually is their second one that I did. And you jump? Did you just jump into it though? You weren't ready <laughs> yeah, for it. Right? I, had no idea what I, remember, I remember. I think you told me that we talked much. You're like, holy shit, it's kicking my. <laughs> so what, tell tell guys. So when you when Tick's saying, don't just jump into it, because uh, he has experience where he just jumped into it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, um, I don't know. Sorry, so they said, Brown is one of my sponsors. They hey Tig, we got this uh, competition we'd like you to come out and do for us. I'm like, oh, okay. What do I need? Well, you need body armor. So I had that. You know, plate carry, you know, whatever, bags and, you know, just a rifle and pistol. It's like, okay, I'll come out and do this. Had no idea what I was in, in for. I get there's like, yeah, you got to climb a rope. You got to do this. Gotta, I'm like, climb a rope? I haven't climbed a rope in like freaking 20 <laughs> So, <laughs> But, you know, I was kind of already a little bit working out, not a whole lot. Um, well, you're still overcoming in, uh, that shoulder, man. Still, you're, still, well, you're still injured, weren't you, in your back? No, actually, that happened uh, the, the second year. That happened okay. in January the second year. Okay. Uh, but, it, you know, you're doing, like, a lot of sandbag stuff, um, sled drags, farmer's carry. Uh, you got um, the, what, the tombstone carry. You know, a lot of stuff to get your heart rate moving. You know, one of the, one of the movements was a five-mile run. Um, so you, you, you know, it's a full kit, you know, rifle, body armor, everything you got. <clears throat> um, you can't just kind of like on the battlefield, you don't want to leave your mags behind. You got to pick up your mags as you move. Um, cause if you don't, it's a 30 second penalty. E- each shot you miss is a 10 second penalty. So just cause you're the fastest, usually I'm the fastest one done, but my eyesight yeah. sucks. But I can't hit anyway. So I just pull it faster. <laughs> <laughs> well, do, do you, do you put a red dot on your pistol or you're not allowed? No, uh, pistol is only iron. Just uh, oh, they are. yep. So this sounds great, man. Where where could people check this out? Uh, it's the tacticalgames.com. They they're all over. I mean, actually, the one just in New Mexico it got canceled because of the Chinese virus. Yep. <laughs> it, and, and it is. There's nothing. There's nothing politically incorrect saying that. Holy no, absolutely. Shit. Well, this is. Know. We talked about it on the last show, Chris. I mean, it, I, I don't think it took a rocket scientist to know it, but China, complete. You know, they lied about their statistics. It doesn't make sense that all these people were being infected, and then all of a sudden it's a flatline. It, it doesn't work that way, and and I don't think it. It took much investigation to see China lied. They've been lying the whole time. Oh, yes. they're still. I mean, you know, their numbers are front hundred thousands. Yeah. Well, I, what, what 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 I want to see is once this is all done, which companies still are using China to 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 make their stuff? If they're st- if we're still importing, or are we going to be hypocrites and just ah, it's over now? We're yeah. still going to use it. I mean, that's I don't know. I mean, it's just tough to say because, uh, like, with the technology we use, when can we really get to a point where an iPhone? can be manufactured in America and not be, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars. It's going to be a while. 
It, it's we'll see, man. I, all I'm saying is that we'll just see. We'll see. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm. It's a rhetorical question, and you know that we're we're going because we we don't do shit. But like you said in our text, we're talking. What do we actually provide the world now in this country? Movies. That's what, yeah. that's what we do. We I, I know people. Through. I know people hate to hear that, and I actually tweeted something out about that. And and I don't know. I think people think when you say that that's our greatest export that it's anti-America or something, but. It's just a fact at this point. We don't produce anything, and it does have to do with unions and all of that, you know, not to get all political here. But, yeah, what is what does America provide the rest of the world uses? It's They, they watch all of our movies. But all, every piece of technology, I mean, every piece of technology we're on right now, it's all made over there. And that's, bro, that's that's where we talked again. I mean, we're, we're, we could learn from this, and we could figure it out and fix ourselves, or we could fall back right in the same path and... In another 10 years, we'll have another Michelobahoba, Liberty Bibbity Chinese virus. <laughs> Liberty Bibbity. I love that commercial. That's my favorite commercial. The, the, the what's the Liberty Mutual commercial? Liberty Bibbity. Yeah, it's, uh, I love that. That's <laughs> Liberty Bibbity virus. I was watching it. I was like, okay, that's what I'm calling the virus from now on. Liberty Bibbity virus. Liberty Bibbity. Bibbity. <laughs> yeah, but uh, that, dig with, now, I know we're coming back to tactics games. Did you, did you do any this year or were they all, did you get any in before they were canceled at all? I got, I got one in Texas cause I, the first one I missed because I had another freaking surgery, but, uh, but no, I got the one in Texas was about a month ago. Oh man, man. How'd you do? Feel me asking. Uh, I think I got 17 overall out of like a hundred and something. Now, can you, are there sometimes, are they just prize purse, or they're actually purses for these? Like, you could actually win, because it, it, it gives guys options, once it's all Liberty Bibbity virus is over, they can, mm. you know, guys, it's it's a chance to make a little extra money, If but I don't know, is, is that a possibility? I don't think they're doing any cash ones yet, but I mean, I mean, if you win, you can easily get a, I think the last one, a couple times I've given away like, like a 2,000 plus rifle, so wow. you, nice. you can sell that. And, uh, and sponsor, you can get sponsorship. If you get good, you can get sponsorships, yep. right? And awesome. and so, so, again, yeah. it's another avenue for veterans that still want to get out there and shoot. Tig's doing it, so obviously everybody can do it if Tig's doing it. I can have this. <laughs> no, I agree. <laughs> no, no, it, no, I give, I give Tig, as much as I give him shit, he is injured, and he's still pulling it off, and he's still performing, and he's competing. And I know his injuries are severe because I saw his ass get blown up by that gelatina. I was watching him when he got blown up by that gelatina. I thought he was I thought he was blown to bits. So I remember when you got hit with that gelatina bomb coming over, you get in that water. I remember, I, I remember that. All I remember is I looked, I saw the flash. I'm like, well, fuck, he's dead. And I just turned and I just, I'll, and I thought to myself, well, I'll, I'll go pick him up later. And we just, I just kept shooting. So I was like, when I turned to, when it all got done, I looked back. You too busy like, pooping. I, no, that was later. I was pooping later. That was just <laughs> was in the beginning when the, when the turtle head was was slowly poking out. It just had started to, it just had started to crown. The, the baby's head had started to push out at that point. <laughs> but I was like, yeah, fuck, I'll go get him. And like, holy shit, he's not dead. I, I couldn't figure out and I, until, uh, honestly, I don't think I even asked you in, until long later. Like, how the fuck did you live out of that? But, but yeah, that thing fucked you. People don't realize, like, well... A lot of the naysayers that watch 13 Hours are like, holy shit, this is bullshit. How did he do this? This movie's so fake. Like, no, motherfucker. That motherfucker got blown up. <laughs> and uh, and he's got the fucking chronic back pain and shoulder pain and shoulder numbness to prove it. So I tell you guys out there, you know, you get out there. Tig does it. I know it's helped him a bunch. I recommend, guys, if you still want to get out there shooting and get in a good environment, get out there with it. And if you have injuries, 
suck it up there, Marines, Rangers, and SEALs, just like you did when you were in. Suck it up and get out there and compete. And and uh, I know we'll, we'll put out your information to get the end if they want to reach out to you and talk to you about it. Could they? Yeah, not a problem. Yeah. Right. You yeah, know, I'll give I'll give it out now. But no, that story is, is true perseverance. So, yeah, before we go, definitely follow Tig on Instagram, John underscore Tigan <laughs> at John Tigan on Twitter, John dot com, J-O-H-N-T-I-E-G-E-N dot com. And uh, I should ask you about before we wrap things up, you also have the Tigan Foundation, which is the Tigan Foundation dot org. If uh, people are interested in that. Is that so beyond the battlefield, isn't it? Yeah, you beyond the battlefield. You rename it. All right, go ahead. Go ahead. Well, no, go we didn't ahead. rename it. We had to use the tigerfoundation.org because beyond the battlefield website was already taken, unfortunately. For, for, who took it? Who took it? Uh, some uh, some place out of UK. Oh, okay. Uh, so it's they, okay they, then? They do law enforcement. So it's another charity, but they do law enforcement in the. I got you. I got you. Something like that. Yeah, but no, no, talk about it. And if you want to mention, I know we, we partnered on something where we helped the Marine. Uh, wasn't it built like a ramp? Uh, every that needed a ramp or he needed a new house. So you're, you're, I know Margaret, 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 his wife pretty much handles the foundation yeah. and his aunt, my wife handles the foundation on yeah. my end. So I'm kind of like, yeah, yeah, whatever you guys decide. But no, no, tell people about it. Bob. Yeah. So it's, uh, <clears throat> you know, doing all this, a lot of this traveling with the, with the book and the movie, you know, doing a lot of other events for charities and stuff and talking to other veterans and first responders a lot of their complaints that I was hearing from them was, you know, I went to this foundation, but they won't help me because I'm not this, or I went to this foundation and this is, they don't do this. So I don't know where to go. And they wouldn't help guys find. (coughs) We kind of started ours off like that, but we actually, we kicked ours off from, um, we had, we had to do a hog roast every year. I've been doing one since like 2002. We had a veteran, a friend of mine that came and he had to have brain surgery and the VA wasn't covering it because they said it wasn't part of the military. So you need to raise like another five grand for it. So we turned the one hog roast into like a, a charity, like a fundraiser for him. And he brought one of his buddies with him. And so he came, he had, you know, brought, he had twin daughters, you know, brought his wife and stuff like that. And when he left about a month later, we got an email from him saying, Hey, um, my, you know, your, your, uh, your event saved my life. My actually, I was going to come out there, just have a little last little powwow with my kids and my wife. And I was going to kill myself. And that just kind of escalated yeah. it and like, you know what, we're going to keep doing this. And so we came up with it beyond the battlefield and we just started helping our biggest goal is to try to help veterans get service dogs and first responders. Um, and besides, but our, uh, what, what do they call them? The, the rules, whatever. Um, yeah, there, there's the bylaws. The right bylaws. Yep. So we left them wide open to where we can do whatever <laughs> we'll, we'll pretty much, we'll help you veterans or first responders, anything that we can, if we can do it. Um, when we, like, like Tonto was saying, I think it was the, I think it was the house we were putting up yeah. for the veteran. Yeah. Uh, that, yep. 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 That was, so it was, it was built, a house. Built, building a house for a Marine, a Vietnam veteran. We've remodeled a house. that got hit by the hurricane. Um, we've, uh, bought food, paid for electricity. We got veterans for TBI, PTS treatment, uh, counseling, um, you know, and, and multiple dogs as well. Um, so again, you know, we'll do what we can when we can. If we can't do it, we will help you find somebody who can help you. The only thing we won't do, though, for sure, is we won't help pay legal fees. Yeah, I don't think we can do. I don't think any foundation legally you can. We can't do that either. Fourteenth hour foundation can't do that. And that's that. I, I won't put that because like Fourteenth hour do the same thing with TIG stuff. But 
we we partner. So even though Tig and I hate each other, we still partner partner on things <laughs> to help out veterans every once in a while. And that's that's one of the things that 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 you know. If, and I know if I needed if if my foundation needed money, I could hit up Tig's and say, Hey, dude, can you loan us some? I got somebody I need to. And, and we and that's why we we made it across board where foundations can help other foundations because yeah, I felt the same way as Tig's. Like, dude, all these foundations are competing against each other. Here I am speaking, making money for another foundation, which is good, but it's only going to help this specific individual here or the specific branch. Why aren't we doing this for everybody? And and then why don't we help other foundations out? So so um, no, takes out a great foundation. Beyond the battlefield, definitely got to got to check. What's what's the website though? I know something beyond the battlefield. Say it again, man. The TigerFoundation.org. TigerFoundation.org. There it is. There it is. Cool. Yeah. Awesome, man. No, I, I really appreciate you coming on for this hour. I think it's been an awesome discussion of stuff that people probably didn't know about you, stuff that I certainly didn't know about you. And I hope you're staying safe out there, man. Um, you know, I, we, we don't want to get so far into the coronavirus stuff with this episode, just because I feel like it's all people are here. You can go everywhere else and le- read about the coronavirus. Yeah, know. hopefully this is a little bit of an escape from that because it's just coronavirus 24-7. I, I will <laughs> say this, though, which is pretty cool. Um, Did you guys see the article that came out about that 95-year-old uh, World War II yeah. veteran who beat this? Yeah, the Guam, the Marine. Yeah, I that yeah. couldn't be cooler, man. And, and he literally quoted for the paper... I survived Guam. I can get through this bullshit. And he's ninety-five-year-old yes, yes, yes. World War II veteran in Oregon, Bill Dude, Kelly. And I, bet you, and I bet you he only had a minimum amount of toilet paper at his house too. You assholes! Yeah. Stop buying all the toilet paper. What is <laughs> I don't understand that. What I don't understand it. Dude, I'm telling you, some media personality or some social media Twitter on twatted something out there. Or some politician said a statement. We got to dig and find it about toilet paper, and everybody latched onto it. Just like when Johnny Carson, he did the same thing. He did it back about toilet paper. Twenty made a joke on the on the on the Tonight Show. I think it was 20 years ago about toilet paper, and everybody mass hysteria went about toilet paper. So it was some social media influencer. I guarantee you that twatted it on Twitter, <laughs> and everybody's like, "Oh shit, I got to go buy all the toilet paper." I, I don't know if it's just people, uh, you know, because I said it on the last episode and I think it cut out a little bit like my, my parents are not preppers or anything, but they're like very well prepared for certain things. And like you go to their garage and it is just like stacks on top of stacks of plastic bags, of garbage bags, of water and of toilet paper. And like they went to the store and got more toilet paper. I'm like, why? <laughs> they're like, and, and, you know, I don't think they're doing it to, to you know, because they're worried or, or panic or anything. I think there's just people who like to stock up on stuff. And a lot of them are preppers. Some of them aren't preppers. Some of them are just like hoarders. I, I don't know. I, I think that that could be part of it. I, I don't think they do it to. Uh, well, they, like me, I, we, live out in, we live out in the country. So when we go go to the store, we'll buy like two big bundles of toilet paper yeah but we don't do it you know it's not a year supply though it's you know <laughs> lasts a couple of months yes but we don't like to go into town every freaking week to buy toilet paper either yeah uh, he, he lives guys i've been in sam so he lives out in bf now he's way off the beaten path <laughs> google and siri don't have any idea where Tig lives either. So it's like way, way out there. So uh, but I, 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 I just get lost coming out here. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, so I'm, I'm assuming no hog roast this year because of no, the Liberty we'll, Pity fires. No, we'll probably do one. 
All right. Well, I just I don't I haven't paid attention to Colorado and their crazy governor. So you, well, you, I don't care I, about the fire. Mine's a closed pit when I do it. So, so hey, well, this fjar, uh, if you're going to have one, is it open still to everybody or is it invitational? I can't remember. Well, the, we're, we're still good. Well, we're still going to do the one for <laughs> Warrior Weekend, but the one at my house is going to be back to kind of normal. So kind of be invitation only because the okay. last we did, we had over 300 people here and it was just. And nice. you know, well, people, a couple people got a little bit too tipsy and fell through my walls. So, yeah. <laughs> no shocker, shocker! <laughs> a, vet, a veteran gets drunk and plows his head through a wall. Big shock. Well, well they actually, they, they're, they're in the bathroom. It looks like they got just tumbled. He probably passed out pissing or something and just <laughs> fell through the wall. Oh, that's, that's even awesome, more. Man. That's even more news. Drunk veteran passes out through the falls through the bathroom drywall alert the other media for page two's follow-up report yeah, that <laughs> never happens ever all right hey man hey brother i appreciate you coming on i still hate your face though just know that yeah you're still ugly <laughs> <laughs> that, thanks for coming on tig it's, it's been a pleasure man and, and maybe we'll do a part two i'm sure i'm gonna get emails of why didn't you ask him this or that so we'll do a part two at some point all right so Chris finally came out of the closet about being transgender, though. Hey, don't worry about that. You still love me. That's why you guys think I'm sexy all the time. That's why I wear my sexies everywhere. You guys loved it. Don't 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 hate the player, dude. Just hate the game. <laughs> Appreciate later, it, man. man. Yep. Have a good one. Bet, bro. All right, cool. I dropped him from that. That was good, man. We'll wrap up from here. Uh, yeah, dude, no, great interview with Tig. Uh, I, I really learned a lot about him there. Good hearing perspective from both of you guys about the Blackwater stuff. And, uh, yeah, you saying about the uh, the roast at his house. Uh, I've been talking to people, and I, I just think things getting back to normal, it's going to be a slow transition. Like, I think for a while, things getting back to normal when it happens, you know, which is going to be a month from now minimum, unfortunately, is going to be going out to restaurants, going out to Starbucks. But I think it might be a while until it's massive yeah. gatherings. And, and you know, my, like my friend Scott works for MLB. And I'm I'm asking him, you know, what are you guys doing? Because I don't know if there will be a baseball season, you know? No, nah, there probably won't. I, it, it's, it's weird for me. And I think this is why I do a little bit of my passive aggressive making fun of it all. Because, honestly, this is normal for me when I'm home. I, I'm, I don't go out. We don't do a ton of stuff. We, we, we stay home, watch movies. You know, I have a gym at my house. I go run. I ran six miles. You know, I went around six miles today. Nice. The kids, you know, and, no, it's great. I admit this is just normal for me. And I, and when, when I say I'm the most antisocial social person you ever find, I'm being completely honest with you. And my wife, the same way we, you know, we, we do like to take the kids to Dave and Buster's. Uh, we do like to, but it's not something that we do regularly. We don't, we're not drinkers. We're not party and not, I'm not, and that's not saying in a bad way. Some people sure. like to be social drinkers. There's nothing wrong with that. I um, would say the so, big difference for you is within just this span, within this month, normal you at this point yeah. in your life would have probably taken two or three flights within this span of yeah, time. I, I, Minimum. I would have got, but the thing is that it's to me. I wanted to take the time off. I wanted to take the break, but it's hard to when that's your livelihood. Yeah. This to me is given. I've been given the opportunity to say, hey, dude, you needed to take a break. Here it is. Enjoy it. So that's what it is. To me, it's to me, it's a blessing. It's been a blessing because if this wouldn't have happened, I wouldn't have taken the break that I so desperately needed to take. And sure. I'm a, I'm I feel awesome with it. And and uh, I, I, I don't know. Bro. And I know I'm I've. I, 
I'm not in the majority with people. At least I, at least I don't think I am. I hope I am. No, you, um, I think you may be for uh, where you are. You know what I mean? Because like yeah. we look at the statistics, and I, like I said, we're not going to go over it. But I mean, it's really hitting where I am. It's oh, no, it's no, not no, really no, hitting. No, you're you're right. You just you just again you have so many people in a close area that it's going to and the age the age diff you know the ages it's going to hit. It's just you just have more people, brother, and that's. And that's why I, I went. I, I'm being careful to not make fun of it into being disrespectful because it is serious. People, there are there are people that they're gonna die. You know, just yeah. and again, I but there are gonna be a ton of people also that really find themselves and, and more a more a lot higher percentage that are really gonna look at this and be man, this is giving me the opportunity to change my life and get back to faith and family and get back to get back to just being at home and enjoying it, being at home and, and, and maybe even better in their life. Doing workouts, reading more, you know, like so we always say, guys, start a podcast, start something constructive. And I honestly believe in that. That's how you pass for t- past time on deployments. Oh my God, deployments. And there are diseases and sicknesses just going around camps and the tents and the conics boxes. And you find a way just to make, get through that time. You find a way to be constructive. And people I think are, are, going to find that resiliency that they took for granted or they thought they didn't have be have because we had so many opportunities to do everything else whether it's to go out and have a drink or or to go on a vacation or or, or do stuff that really wasn't constructive it just was i just need to be around somebody um i i i just i do feel like again this has been a blessing uh for 95 percent of the country God and bless those that have passed in their families. I'm sorry. Yeah, I really am. I, I, I say that sincerely since I have seen death. I, I know what that is. Um, but this again, you can, you can look at it negative and you can go down that road of it. Oh, this is oh, this, this, this hysteria that the media I know likes to push, or you can turn off the media and look inside your own world and like, okay, how, this is a time, this is a break where I can actually become a better person in some facet. What can I do? And leave it at that. You, this is this is opportunity. Either go up or down, half full or half empty. What are you going to be? You're going to be half full or you're going to be half empty? And uh, I, I don't know. I, that, that's how I look at it, and that's how I've always looked at life, and that's how I've always looked at war, and that's how I always looked at my deployments when I was gone, and that's how I always looked at whenever I had a bad day at home. It's just uh, just just sometimes it is it is harder to to find that silver lining um uh, just i'm just hoping people can that's all and i I know you can because i'm one of the weakest motherfuckers out there (laughs) and i I can find the silver lining so i know everybody else can out there too yeah definitely not not true there but uh (laughs) no i i i i'm trying to man i i will be honest it's tough i am i there was a time in my life i was a pretty negative guy and i think i've grown to be a very positive guy who does look oh, yeah, at the silver definitely. lining and i'll be honest at this at this point it's tough I, i'm i'm not going to sugarcoat it for you guys and say like i am it's taking me out of my normal routine i'll i'll tell you something that's kind of uh that i at least laughed at or smacked myself over was that when i was editing the last <clears> podcast <throat> i think the fact that i'm so out of my normal routine of talking to people every day and not I am pretty introverted like yourself, but my everyday does involve talking to yeah. all different people oh, that yeah. I, when I was editing the last podcast, you always have that joke where, where you're like, Oh, I'm filibustering again. <laughs> the last podcast. 
And as I'm editing that show, I'm like, God, just shut up already and let Chris talk. And uh, I'm sure other people listening heard that. And I think I was just desperate to have a conversation with anybody. So I I was that that last podcast was like 95 percent me. Uh, and I'm usually not like that. I can usually hold back. And I, I honestly think like psychologically, it's kind of weird. It's like how they pun it. If they punish you, they put you in solitary confinement. I, <laughs> well, that, yeah. I still have my family, you know, but I I'm living on my own. They, they say, you know, they invite me to come over at any time, but I generally like living on my own. But I do realize there is a difference when you go to work every day or even talk to someone at Starbucks and spark up a conversation. Yeah, and, yeah. and I mean, that's like the the great thing about life that unfortunately, and maybe this is me being pessimistic, that we are missing right now. Like the cool thing about life is every day something new could happen. You never know who you're going to meet. You never know who you're going to spark a conversation with. And unfortunately, at least for the time being, that is kind of on a hiatus. You're not talking to very many people. I mean, everybody's very cordial, I've noticed. When you talk to the people delivering mail, people are, people are in a better mood and that, like, we're all in this together. But you're, you're probably not going to have a very in-depth conversation with anybody right now. It's just the way it is. And, and that's – that's get used to that. If that's – whether if you don't live like that, I'm okay living like that. I can have a conversation and talk your ear off or I can, hey, not talk to you at all. I, I'm okay with both. And, but if you're used to that, like you are in and, and you're at a point that's, you just, you, you've just got to find something to, to, to fill that time with. And, you know, who knows, brother, FedEx is hiring. You can talk to as many people as you want out there. <laughs> and, and Fed, no, I know, and that's not a knock. I mean, FedEx and all them places, all them, all them, uh, delivery places, they are hiring like gangbusters right now. You know, I, I that's, and that's fantastic. Yeah. To me that, to, again, that, to me, that's another silver lining. Like, oh, my gosh, these places are hiring or, you know, I, your economy's going to shit, but there's still companies out there that are staying, keeping us afloat. And guess what? If you're looking for a job, you need work. I know it might suck and you may not want to do, but that may be an opening. And believe me, you're going to be talking to people a lot and you're going to be getting out and around. You're going to be able to drive around and see what you <laughs> yeah, So maybe maybe that's something you, people are having that having those uh, those, those um, it's not anxiety. Help me out. Withdrawals. People withdrawals. Yeah, which is, sure. That's that maybe that's something. Yeah, and if at. if I'm having them, other people are because I am very introverted. You know what yeah, I mean? You, and you don't realize until you're away from people completely how much you appreciate those little conversations day to day. Um, you know what? I want to mention one other thing while we're wrapping up here. You were talking about the getting <laughs> back to faith thing um, during all this. Ha- have you uh, seen the whole response to Trump bringing out Mike Lindell? And, uh, you know, another kind of media outrage over oh, that. Brother, brother, you got it. You know, I don't watch any news at all. Guys. I know I have a podcast and I watch no news. <laughs> makes makes so, a lot of sense. I, I won't even. Everybody in and me in too, yeah, I, I won't even get into the whole story of it because I think this pretty much sums it up. Um, mutual friend of Andrew Wilkow, Trent Chavez, who used to own a site. It was uh, proudconservative.com, I believe. Uh, I just was looking at the status he wrote today, and I'm trying to stay off social media because it's so much nonsense. But I actually I really like what Trent wrote, and I think it'll resonate with you. Um, so here's what Trent Several small businesses throughout his life. He then starts a new business that is very successful. However, this man fell into a bad drug addiction. Through the grace of God, he finds himself, and God kicks his addiction and grows his business even bigger and employs approximately 1,500 fellow Americans. Imagine that he credits his belief in God for saving his life. 
Imagine that in a time of crisis, this man converts 75% of his company away from producing the product that his company normally makes so that he can supply our medical community with supplies that they desperately need. Good man, right? Role model. Hero, even. Oh, wait. He praised President Trump and suggested families use this time of quarantine to read the Bible and get back in touch with God. For these reasons, uh, his support of Donald Trump and his deep faith in God, this man is being trashed and ridiculed by the Democrats and the liberal media. What a sad state of affairs that in this crisis they can't get past their hatred of President Trump or their dislike of anything religious to acknowledge what a good thing this man has done. By the way, this man is Mike Lindell, owner of My Pillow. I thought that was really great. Holy shit! You, people are mad because he so says something about Trump, and he's doing all those. Are you kidding? So basically, to, Trump Trump had him speak because he is converting his plants to you know to help with this crisis. And he spoke at the White House, and he spoke about God, getting back to the Bible. And basically, the media spun that as Trump is, you know, letting this man use this, this as an infomercial for why, my pillow. This is why people need to get out of politics. This is why people need to stop watching that bullshit politics. I think this is a tremendous. There's nothing. There, there's nothing negative that I can see from my ten thousand foot view of what, what you just said and what this and I, the my I've seen the my pillow commercials and what he's doing, which sounds very altruistic. That there's anything wrong with that and saying to get back to God. And people are saying, no, no, this is oh, this is terrible. You know what? This is a God-fearing man to tell you this right now to all you people saying that. Fuck you. <laughs> okay? That's bullshit. I think this is doing a – I think it's tremendous. And for people yeah. to people to say, oh, the, and to hammer it because it's a, it, telling you to read the Bible, that's political? Yeah, I think people – I think some of it is like people just saw him up there and they're like – He's a friend of Trump. He's going to use this moment to, you know, talk about my pillow, which is not what he did. He talked not about getting he, back to God, you know. And that, that, that is tremendous. That's fantastic. And uh, you know what? If there was an underlying notion, I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. If there was an underlying notion and he's and he's doing it for ulterior reasons, well, he'll settle up with God when he sees it. I'm not going to worry about that. What I, cause I don't think that is from what you read to me. I don't think there is. I think. No, no, me neither. I mean, like I said, he, he went up there. I think people just see him up there like, Oh, what is he going to talk about? How great my pillow is. And that is definitely not what he spoke about, you know? So, uh, I, I don't, yeah, I, I, when I read that from Trent, cause to be honest, you know, I, I knew Mike Lindell as a great business owner, a friend of Trump, but I, I had no idea of his back history. I don't think many people do. So reading that opened my eyes to something. I just think it's a positive statement and he's doing great things and he's using that because because it is the healthcare community. And we talk about the swine flu, the swine flu. We were able to really first of all, start in Mexico, not in China. And then it came to here next. And I think we we're able to get a handle on it and stop what could have been even more massive deaths of our youth. But also we had a store up of and this is why he's donating a lot of stuff. The healthcare doesn't have the essential items they need because during that H1N1, we had that store up. All that was used and we never we never the healthcare community never hoarded it all back, which they needed to. So that's why we don't have enough ventilators. We don't have enough a, a, a mass. We don't because a lot of the stuff got bought up with this hysteria. Uh, and we, the government didn't put it back into it after the swine flu to, to, to re-up re -up the stocks if we ever had a catastrophic event again, which we're having. So by him doing this, oh, my God, that's that's a godsend. He's gonna, you know how many lives he's going to save by whatever whatever he is doing positively to help yeah. the healthcare community is going to save lives. And then for him to say we need to get back to the Bible, 
those people that are hating on right now, you definitely need to get back to the Bible. You need, I'll tell you on this show, yes, this is the opportunity to find your faith, find your family, get back to that Bible and find, really find yourself again because you are completely, completely lost. And I'm not going to say Democrats. I'm not going to say conservatives or Republicans. I'm not. I'm going to say everyone that puts these, these, their politics first right now, man, you got all the ones that really need to get back into the Bible. That's bullshit. You should, there should be no politics involved with any of this right now. None. Zero. The def, the, what we need to get back into is just doing what we can and, and to stay positive. But if you're a business owner and you have the billions of dollars like he does, and God bless him, he does. He made the money. And he wants to give it back to the healthcare community and then say, you know what, we do need to start reading the Bible. Then, damn right, I fully agree with him. And he's doing good for the community and good for the world and good for the United States of America, good for healthcare workers. There ain't a damn thing wrong with that. So yeah. I, I know I'm starting to get a little pissed because that's no, it's that's, great. I got I got you fired shot. up. This is this is why it's funny because I've gotten tweets. They're like, you got to get Chris back on Twitter, and I, I think <laughs> I think you get fired up, you know, which is good. Yeah, but, but I just, I just, to me, that's, that is, again, we went straight from ridiculousness and we were straight from recocculousness, <laughs> right? We're in the recocculous. We, we went, you know, in Tropic Thunder, they say never go full retard. They skipped that. They went to potato, straight to potato by saying a stupid comment like that. And, you know, I, yeah, whether I, – again, I, and I'm not going to get – oh, Trump did – I'm, I'm not going to say that. I don't, I don't care what Trump did if he got him on or got him – the gentleman here, what's his name, Mike, Mike, Mike Lindell? Lindell? Mike Lindell. To me, from what you've read to me, from what it sounds like he's doing, man, that is awesome. And to keep doing it. And he is spot on because we say it on the show all the time. I say it all the time. You say it as well. Man, this is a chance. Get back to faith. Get back to your family. Get back to the faith and read the Bible or pray or just anything little. Just know that, man, there's something higher out there. We've been given an opportunity to find that higher higher being, whatever it is, whatever you want to believe it is. I believe it's God. I'm not telling you you have to believe, but I do believe there's something higher out there out there that, that helps us. There is something out there. Getting back to faith. And, and if you want to poo-poo that, man. You're the ones that definitely need it, and and I'm going to leave it at that. I'm not going to get on the, the – but again, I'm not going to get in the political aspect of it because that's going to taint all of it. Nope. Politics be damned. Push that aside. Get back to what's important, and that is geez, just being a good damn person. Just and washing your hands, you dirty birds. <laughs> <laughs> well, well said, man. Well, I, we we went a longer than I know you were able to a lot of time. For oh, sure. crap. I, did I did I ramble that long? I'm no, sorry, I mean, we're we're enjoying it. This is what happens. But uh, yeah, wrapping things up uh, once again. Today's show is sponsored by our friend Tim at PatchOps.com, which is an officially licensed partner company of Chris Peranto, KPI LLC. And Battleline Tactical. They make the Battleline Tactical PVC morale patches and vinyl decals. And, of course, the uh, the triggers. <laughs> I'm sorry. The, uh, the switch is on, motherfucker. I'm going to shoot you in the face. I know uh, what I say. I'm is. sure a patch is coming. Um, yeah, the quality of their products will blow you away. So do us a favor and go follow Patch Ops on Facebook and Twitter. Patch Operations on Instagram. <laughs> Patch Ops is family owned and operated by Marine veteran Tim Hickey and his wife, Michelle. Tim actually served in the same infantry unit as TIG 3-7, and their company focuses on supplying the highest quality morale patches and vinyl decals on the market today at an affordable price. They have amazingly talented artists on staff that can take your custom ideas, like Audacious Andy did, 
okay. from concept to reality. She made that Tonto Tribe patch. I'm going to put up awesome. something. So, yeah, I'm going to show you guys the quality of these patches because they look great. Um, it'll be up on our Instagram, at uh, Battleline Podcast. Um, but, yeah, they will create something that will make everyone involved proud to display. Every aspect of this company makes them stand out in a crowd. So please go check them out at patchops.com. Grab some of the baddest patches and decals on the planet or have them start making your very own designs today. Use code BATTLE at patchops.com. Patchops, morale patches designed for the hardcore. Uh, I did the quality of this stuff. I, you know, I know I've said it, but it's just awesome. He does such a great job, man. I've been so happy with everything that I have. I, I'm, I'm kind of pissed that I can't bring my gym bag with my uh, battle line. <laughs> I know I would get some comments on them. They they look great, man. Well, that, it, it'll come, man. It'll come. I, people need to realize too. It's only been a month. I mean, I, I think people are like, oh my god, is it terrible? It's been years, dude. It's only been a month. And try living it. Try living in a man camp with a bunch of dudes that have everything, <laughs> every disease known to man for almost like seven months to a year or ten. So okay, then we'll, then I'll feel you. If we'll be talking about this in December. But if if we are, okay, I got you. You can complain now, but it's only been a month, guys. Come on, yeah. I, and don't. We're we're gonna be fine, and and you got a battle line podcast to listen to too, and you can <laughs> and you can replay it over and over and over again. Yeah, and, and we have some great uh, guests coming on this month, so I'm really excited. I know that Chris is saying, hey, maybe we can do two a week. Uh, I'm I'm down for it, man. If the demand is there, let us know, guys. I, I think it would be really cool. There's a lot of people, a lot of big guests we can get on that are at home now. Uh, like I've seen that Ted Nugent is doing a whole bunch of interviews. I'm like, oh, we got to grab him. So uh, you know, awesome. he would be, be great. Awesome. Yeah. So I think I, I, Kevin I'm, Sorbo would be another one. Get Kevin on. That'd yes. And yeah, I don't want to tell you everybody we have lined up for this month, but like it's it's pretty awesome. This will be our biggest month in terms of guests. Um. And wrapping things up here, every show of ours is sponsored by Fort Scott Munitions. Fort Scott is a manufacturer of multi-federal patented solid copper and brass CNC spun ammo. It's designed to TUI their uh, trademark tumble upon impact in soft tissue, leaving devastating wound channels for faster bleed out and quicker incapacitation. This ammunition was originally developed to innovate and improve on the standard of military-grade ammunition design. It was found that not only did the TUI ammunition outperform competitors in the self-defense industry, but it quickly became apparent that it would be a top contender for hunters alike. With the ammunition being CNC spun, the tolerances are some of the tightest on the market, ensuring that you receive the same results with each pull of the trigger. Fort Scott Munitions is available throughout privately owned businesses in all 50 states, as well as directly online through fortscottmunitions.com. Use exclusive promo code BATTLELINE for 15% off your order. Only available to listeners of the BATTLELINE podcast. Fort Scott Munitions is a proud supporter of Chris Peranto, BATTLELINE Tactical, and the BATTLELINE podcast. And uh, I've kept you way longer than you wanted to go, Chris. But it was it a good show. Holy shit, yeah. I've I, I got to go downstairs to finish up my workout and then... Uh, be time to fix some dinner with the family. You know, uh, guys, you know, one thing I would never did and I'm doing more and I actually enjoy it. I forgot how nice it was just to wash dishes in my own sink. Cause I, I was so fast. I want to use the dishwasher. They get so much cleaner. 
<laughs> I like little things like like Chris, you're weird. What's wrong with you? Yeah, I, I, I'm I, thinking I, that. <laughs> like, oh my gosh, I'm washing. I love washing dishes at night. Am I say could cleaning my kitchen up? It reminds me of being home with my mom because she was always good at that. Always the other like the, when you went to bed, that kitchen was clean. Well. I guess I got a little bit of my mom in me here because uh, yeah, that's what I said. enjoy the little things, guys. There's so many little things you can enjoy. Like now I'm doing the podcast, looking out my window, trees, blue sky. It's just beautiful, man. So uh, just keep that positive mindset. And Ian, dude, you need to write another article. That article got a hell of a good response, man. Got oh, thank one. you, man. Yeah, that was for, uh, for those uh, wondering. That's for Sandbox with uh, two X's at the end. Uh, yeah, about personal training and and uh, staying fit during this uh, you know time and where you can't go to the gym and all that. And I'll give a shout out to Alex Hongs over there, who's one of the editors, who's also a former Marine, great guy. And uh, yeah, hopefully they want me to uh, write some other stuff. I would love to. I, I love writing that type of stuff. Uh, Alex, if you're listening, you need, yeah, you need to have this guy write some more. And even, I think <laughs> just even a week, a weekly, a weekly article of you recommending workout, a workout routine for stay-at-home workout routine, I, I think would be hugely beneficial. And it was a great article. So Alex, you definitely need to get this guy hired on <laughs> to do a weekly, a weekly article. Um, if not, you're missing out. You're missing out on a good thing, man. All right, brother. That's funny. Well said, man. Well, uh, yeah, I'm going to go. I'm actually going to go over to my parents for dinner right now. So I'm in the same boat. Uh, I live about five minutes from my parents. I may even ride my bike there, which I've not done in ages. Awesome. Just set a pick. <laughs> Post it on the battle line. <laughs> All right, man. I'll, I'll talk to you later. That's all for this week's Battle Line podcast, but we'll be back on Monday with more American Straight Talk, so make sure you're subscribed. And keep up with the show 24-7 on Facebook and Instagram at Battle Line Podcast. Also on Twitter at Battle Line Pod. As always, never quit.